Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. First episode, first time we're taping this. Um, I am TJ Pittenger, uh, producer of the Big Three Roll Up. Uh, this is on the Big Three Roll Up Network. I've got Richie Barnes, uh, super producer, uh, formerly of the Rollcast. Hopefully, the Rollcast makes a makes its way back at some point. Rest in peace, Trey. He's alive. That's just rest in peace podcast, Trey. And uh, 2013 national champion, um, Freddie Stevenson, fullback from Florida State. Um, also throw in, never lost to the uh, Canes or Gators in his time yep. at Florida State. So how's it going, guys? I'm glad to be finally doing this with you guys. Yeah, man, feels like it's been a long time coming. I mean, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, and it's excited to finally get this thing launched and uh, add another Florida State podcast to the Big Three Roll Up Network. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. Um, I think we got a lot of great things in tune for the fans, so let's have some fun with it, and we're gonna keep the heat coming. Yeah, we've uh, we've been talking about this. Trey uh, reached out to me a few months ago and, and said that he was uh, just needing a break. I think the the Tagger era beat the heck out of Trey, and and he needed to take a breath. So I kind of told him, I said, "All right, well, we don't have any other anything else lined up um, as far as Florida State goes for the network. Um, so just take your time, man. We, we'll, we'll welcome you back when you're ready." And uh, I had reached out to him a couple more times and things didn't come to fruition. So now I reached out to a, I reached out to Freddie on like a Thursday or Friday. And then he called me on, on that Saturday uh, and we talked and, and he was on board. And then I messaged Richie that day and uh, he was on board. And then we got together that next Tuesday and uh, all kind of agreed that we wanted to do this. Um, came up with a name with a little help from Newberg and, and Silk. Um, double fries, no slaw. I mean, for those that, that don't know, a little homage to any kind of chicken tender place, but specifically Guthrie's, which is a staple in Tallahassee. And we put this together, and a couple weeks later, here we are on week one, man, just knocking on wood that we get a football season. So, anyway, what you guys is you know, talk a little about yourselves. I'll shut up for a minute. Go ahead, Freddie. I know the, the fans want to hear from the, the, the fullback. Yeah, you know, we got a um. The whole pod, I know TJ, he was saying how you hit me up about it. I've heard a few pods, been on a few pods, and just when I heard the opportunity present itself, like, man, this is perfect just for the fans to hear from us as a team, but also a player that actually played on a recent championship team. I thought that would be something that was unique. Um, and I'm kind of active on Twitter. Y'all see me all the time. I'm bothering Florida fans, Miami fans, and I kind of don't have a filter, so we're gonna have a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited about this, and it may get a little crazy, but we got a lot of heat coming for y'all. Yeah, man, I I was with um uh, like uh, TJ said, I was with Trey. So if you if this voice is familiar, it's probably from the basketball minute on uh, the rollcast, and you know it's, it's been doing the rollcast for several months before Trey decided to step away for a little bit. Um, but I got to know all the guys from the big three roll up, um, got to hang out with them a few times at some of their events and, and always had a good time with them. So when TJ reached out and said, Hey, do you want to be a part of this? I said, yeah, but I'm going to be co-host this time. I'm not, I'm not producing. I'm, I'm going to be co-host status. So, um, he was all on board with it. Um, let me know that Freddie was the, was the guy. And I love the model of stadium and Gale, uh, the Gators podcast for the big three roll up, having a former player and then 
two pretty informed fans. And, and I think, you know, we can follow that model and expand on it. And I'm really excited for what we're going to bring to everybody. Yeah, I love uh, – shout-out Stadium and Gale, man. I, I've, I've worked a lot with Dan Thompson and, and chatted with him a lot. Um, and obviously, I talk with uh, Corey or Uncle Silk every day, um, and, and they have Ahmad Black on that show. And, and uh, Freddie, I see you and Ahmad Black going back and forth just about every day on Twitter. Uh, that's one of the reasons I reached out to Freddie because he, he kind of gets – he gets the vibe, man. He, he gets the show. He gets the vibe. Richie and I were on the – actually, we were all on the phone at one point today, but um, – yeah, there are shows that that uh, really dive into the nitty gritty of recruiting and get deep into that stuff. And, and I just don't think that that's our lane, man. I, I don't think that that's what we want to do. I mean, I, we'll certainly talk about recruiting in both basketball and football. But I think uh, Richie and, and Freddie both kind of got like the vision that I had for this. And, and like I said, really stole that stadium and Gale model of, of getting a former player. Um, the biggest thing with 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 having somebody like Freddie on is just the different perspective, you know, Freddie has been in locker rooms and seen things that um, we just have no clue about. You know, we we uh, could only dream about as fans, right? And and being in some meeting rooms and 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 interacting with guys that you know, Richie and I consider heroes. You know, like I've got Jameis Winston stuff all over my house, I and mean, Freddie's taking handoffs from the guy. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it's just totally a different level. And I think that's what that what has me the most excited about this is just that you know, the perspective that Freddie can bring is just so much different than anything else that Richie or I could ever tell you or say or anything like that. Yeah. And it, just to touch on that, you know, we are going over our show notes today and what we want to bring you guys. Um, we did have a little recruiting section in there, but we just decided to ax it for this week um, because again, the Florida state's podcast uh, market is saturated. There's plenty of great podcasts where they will tell you about every single offer that goes out, you know, every single, you know, uh, official visitor that comes to campus. You know, we're going to focus on the big stuff. Um, we'll bring in the experts for that. Luckily, we have a catalog who can speak on that. Um, but we're just looking to have fun, to, you know, think of, you know, a couple of guys at the sports bar talking Florida State football, bringing in special guests. That's that's kind of what we're trying to bring to you guys with this. Yeah, my, I'm going to just keep it, keep it real. Um, I know a lot of guys are big on the recruiting thing. I don't honestly follow it heavily. My whole thing is – as long as we getting dogs in here that can play the Florida State way, I don't care what you rank. I don't care what school you go to. If you can play the Florida State way, I'm rocking with you. And once you get here, all those stars don't matter anyway. So it is what it is. Yeah. So hopefully you guys like this. Hopefully you guys like some of the guests that we bring on. We've got a couple of really good interviews, I think, um, today. Hopefully you guys like the, the perspective that we can bring. Um, I like the dynamic. I like the dynamic on the show. I, I, Richie is is kind of the eternal. Well, I don't know about eternal. I'm kind of uh, or have been a kind of pessimistic fan. I think Richie's a pretty positive fan. So there's a good balance there. And then you've got Freddie, who actually knows what's going on because he's been in those meeting rooms. And so you know, I think the balance of that will be fun. I think that you know some of the access that we've got, you know, because of the big three roll ups. Rolodex and, and because of Freddie's Rolodex and stuff like that and, and guys that I've met and known and stuff too. I think we're going to have a ton of fun with this. And, and like I said, Richie said this, um, the Florida state podcast market is absolutely saturated. Um, you know, there are so many great, great podcasts out there and guys that do such a good job, um, probably better than, than we'll ever do. And, and that's totally okay. Uh, I think the the Florida market is so undersaturated that Stadium Miguel got in there and they were number one like 
couple months in, you know, like there's nobody doing it over there and there's nobody doing it like they are. And so, um, you know, I don't think we're looking to, I don't think it's like a competition though. I think it's, Hey, if you want what other podcasts have to offer, great. If you like the perspective that we can bring you, um, with a couple of fans and a former player, then great. We'll roll with that. So anyway, um, anything else you guys have as, as way of introduction? I think we've kind of talked about ourselves and, and everything. Enough. Now, TJ, we're, we're going for that top spot in this market, man. I was, I, I appreciate everything and what everyone else is doing, but we're, we're coming for it. Right, Freddie. Yeah, man. Own way. Um, all right. Well then let's do that. Let's go for that. spot. Then. <laughs> um, tell Newberg to get out of the way. Uh, Newberg's only on like 17 podcasts. So, you know, pick those off. We're, one at a time. We're doing this for just participation. We want that top. Spot. <laughs> I'm with it. So, I think we want to do a lot of fan interaction. Um, you know, if, if you're watching this now or, or maybe you're listening to it tomorrow morning, we've pretty much got this podcast everywhere. Uh, right now it's live on Facebook. It's live on Periscope. Um, it'll be live on YouTube next time we do an episode. We're kind of in a process for a processing time for live videos. Um, but, you know, as soon as we do our next episode, it'll be live. And then tomorrow morning, it'll be everywhere that you get your podcasts. It'll be replayed on Facebook. You can obviously replay it on Periscope on Twitter. Um, it'll be on Apple Podcast, iTunes. It'll be on uh, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, CastBox, you know, iHeartRadio, TuneIn. You know, I, there's more than that. Radio Public, I'm, radio.com. So it's it's everywhere, right? Like you can find this anywhere. But the live feature is really cool. You know, we've got, I see 55 people on. That's amazing to me that, you know, we just started this. And we've got, you know, half a hundred people on. I think there was a, over or really close to a hundred at one point. So the fan interaction is really cool. Obviously, if you guys have questions, we can see all the comments and stuff like that. Or I can. Can you guys see them too? You can see all the comments and, and we can kind of interact with you. Uh, shout out my boy C- T- CJ that says Slender TJ uh, on there. Me and Freddie are trying to get get some pounds off and and work hard to not be such big guys. But uh, the fan interaction part of it is dope. So if you want to tune in, I, I think we're going to plan on live streaming all of these. And so um, come hang out with us. If you're listening to this tomorrow morning or Monday morning or just kind of whenever you're catching it in your car ride to work or whatever, know that we're we're live 8 o'clock every Sunday night. So um, – I think that'll be fun. Um, past that, I don't have anything for introduction. I, I think we uh, we can kind of tell you guys about this. We'll we'll do a little movie magic for the uh, people that are listening on on iTunes and everything else. But uh, man, we had an interview with Demarcus Walker that we did on Thursdays. Uh, Demarcus Walker is a current NFL um, player, a former FSU legend, um, and really just one of the most fantastic interviews you know i think we could have had on for our first show uh demarcus came in here and was an absolute fan favorite i mean when you think about the fan favorites on on those 2013 14 15 16 teams i mean demarcus was absolutely one of them and then to be able to get a guy on our first episode who is a current nfl uh player i think he's just massive so demarcus was really good went into a lot of things on um flipping from alabama to florida state um some of the coaching and, and things that went on at Florida State. Um, we had DeMarcus on the Big Three roll-up. It's been almost four years now, about three and a half years ago. It was right before the draft. So it was super in, in draft mode and and didn't really go into uh, as much detail as you would have liked him to because he was so polished and wanted to make sure he didn't screw up his draft stock like so many guys do right before the draft. But he was uncut, uncensored, unfiltered. 
He was awesome on Thursday. So um, if you're live viewing with us now, go check that out on, on iTunes or whatever. I'll put the video up on YouTube. And uh, I think you'll really enjoy that. Also talked about how he never lost to Miami or Florida. Welcome back to Double Fries No Slaw. We got a special guest on for this first episode. Um, 2013 national champion, uh, consensus 2016 All-American at Florida State, ACC co-defensive player of the year in 2016, first team All-ACC 2016, and second round draft pick of the Denver Broncos. DeMarcus Walker, how you doing today, DeMarcus? Doing great, fellas. How y'all doing today? Good, thanks. Doing well, man. Yeah, man, doing doing well. So, uh, DeMarcus, you were an absolute fan favorite in Tallahassee. Folks loved watching you play. Everybody is a little bit of a Broncos fan. That's an old fan, just wanting to see you do well. Um, how's life, man? We talked a little bit before we started recording. I know you're working right now. I know you re- report soon. But how are things going? Man, those are going. Uh, things going great uh, so far. Uh, my 25, 25 years, 11, 2020 has been the best year so far. I like hearing that, man. And 2020 has been a weird year for a lot of people, a hard year <laughs> for a lot of people. But um, 2020 has been my best year too, bro. We we welcomed another baby. We completed our family. Like, you just got to find the positive in it. So I like hearing that. I'll let Freddie kind of take it away. I know you guys were – uh, I'm sure you guys got a million stories you can talk about and laugh about. You guys were roommates out here at one point, but Freddie, why don't you take it away, bro? Um, yeah, man. You know, we go back. Um, of course, you're doing your thing. Your thing in the league. I've been watching you um the first few years. I know we used to talk about it. Um, just the grind you putting in, and just to finally see you getting those opportunities that we always knew you were well deserving of. And last year, you just showed a glimpse of what you can do. So I'm excited to see those next steps you take this year. But, yeah, yeah, for everybody that doesn't know, this is my roommate. So, my freshman year, we we came in. And the the things you've seen, the guys that follow him on social media, you've seen them putting in work all the time. Out, He never gets out of work. This is my roommate. So, I remember he would hit me up. He'd be like, yo, let's go to the stadium and run some some sprints. Yo, man, it's 1 o'clock in the morning. What you talking about? No lie. He's like, he's like, he's like, bro, bro, we got to, we got to start as freshmen, man. We got to start as freshmen. Now I remember we went to the stadium my freshman year. It was midnight, and it was like three coaches up there, I believe. And they're like, "What the hell are y'all doing at the stadium this late?" Like, coach, we trying to play, and this is the work he was always putting in, and we, we kind of just tagged along with each other everywhere. And I see he's still doing that same thing. He hasn't changed. A lot of people, once they get to that level, they'll kind of become complacent and just be cool with where they're at. But to see him taking it up a notch, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. To piggyback off that, you know, uh, you know, we came in working. You know, I don't care what nobody say. Twenty thirteen class, yeah, we went. We didn't have all the five stars, but we had dogs. Like, cause, cause that class came in, you know, ready to play. Matt Thomas, you know, came in and made, you know, um, immediate. Impact is career not to use them. Nate Andrews came in, Freddie came in, you know. Uh, I came in, you know. Jalen Ramsey came in, like we came in, we had some dogs coming in and was ready to compete and was letting guys know that we ain't here to just wait, you know what I'm saying? We're trying to start, so 
that was definitely, you know, uh, I feel like 2013, yeah, like we had the chip on our shoulder, you know what I'm saying? And um, we definitely love that, man. You know, um, we go way back. I'm talking about working so hard. Uh, 7 a.m. Coach Vic didn't even have to ask us, you know, what time to come in. We we went in at 7 a.m. every morning, you know, and there were sometimes, you know, we'll go in at six just to start early, you know. Uh, and um, definitely, man, definitely had, happy to see my guy losing 20 pounds, man. Now that boy coming back. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Good, you know. But yeah, we go way back. My first ever roommate. I never forget when I was going to Florida State, you know. Um, and uh, they were like, um, yeah, you can have a roommate, Freddie Stevenson from Bartow. Uh-huh. I came in there and we just clicked, man. We clicked, you know. Freddie was more quiet or whatever, you know. But, uh, you know, we always clicked. We never had an argument. We always on the same mission. And I definitely somebody who, somebody, you know, somebody, you know, somebody who's real, that's Freddie Stevenson. Yeah, and man. Uh, hey, I got a brother for life at Florida State, man. For life, yes, sir. So, yeah, Marcus, you you touched on the 2013 class and the the people you had. Um, you almost weren't a part of that class. You were committed to Alabama for a while, um, and I believe you flipped your commitment the night they won a national championship, which uh, turned a lot of heads. Um, how much of that was Coach Pruitt coming over, and how much did you just believe in what you saw Jimbo building and with the 2013 class and the guy like and some of those you mentioned that were in it. All right, so I feel like I never went on, I never went on, I never went on the air and cleared this up, and I feel like I I should do it right now. Listen, um, I want you to think about going to Florida State. Uh, Florida State was not even like you know on my mind. You know, I remember when Odell Higgins, you know, came by, he talked to me, and was like, you know, oh how come we not? And this is before Pro was even thinking about taking the job. He was like, like, why are you like? How come we're not in your top? I'm like, cause I don't, I don't want to go there. And you know, um, like I was just very, I felt very disrespected by Florida State. But um, out of my whole recruiting um, journey, Jamie Pruitt was the person who I talked. We talked every Thursday. Every Thursday we talked. You know, um, I knew the whole Alabama playbook before I was going to go there. I knew the playbook. You know. Um, we talked about plays and, you know, certain things to where when I came at Florida State, I knew the playbook before everybody. So I already had that advantage. But um, if it wasn't for Jeremy Pruitt, Nate Andrews, Matt Thomas, Jalen Ramsey, and I, we wouldn't have been there. And um, I'll never forget, I had a – I had a I, – I had my graduation party. Everything was Alabama. Everything. And God dang it, Pruitt called me and said, hey, I want you to come to Florida State. Mid party, <laughs> you know, mid party, and um, I was like, really, you know, and you know, uh, everything went down to where he said, "Hey, Nick, can call you," you know, um, you know, like I had to go somewhere, you know, I, I was really hiding out in the in the house because, uh, you know, like you know, Alabama's, you know, they were, they were, they were trying to continue for me to go there, but I really just took a leap of faith on uh, Florida State. Like, I never took a visit there. I I didn't know. I thought Jimbo was a defensive guy for a little bit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, literally, I didn't know anything. I didn't know. I had no idea. Um, I struggled around going to campus because I didn't know anything about campus. Like, you know, I didn't know where the weight room was at. Like, you know, uh, they were sending me videos via text messages showing me, me, like, okay, this is where things at. So, literally, like, you know, 
when I got to Florida State campus, I knew nothing. And that's something that, you know, I got to give all credit to God for it because, you know, he knew what he was doing and um, that was the best decision for me. And I never would ever regret, regret that decision. Yeah, I mean, it, it pretty much paid off almost instantly. You, you come in as a freshman, you you work your way into the rotation a little bit, and their freshman season ends out in Pasadena where you guys get raising the crystal ball. So just, I mean, you go from, a, you know, being the big man on campus at Sandalwood in Jacksonville to playing in a national championship game in one year. Um, how was that transition for you? Was it simple or um, obviously the work ethic is not an issue with you. Um, so just talk about that a little bit. Well, like, I started off hot because I started um, – season opener against Pitt. Um, it was kind of, you know, it, it was a little bit, you know, challenging at first because, you know, um, you know, uh, but just being an immature freshman, you know, I kind of got like, you know, off sight about everything else that was going on. But, you know, um, me not having a father figure at the time kind of showed, you know. And then when Pruitt left, oh, my gosh, that hurt me. You know, that hurt, you know, because he's the only reason why I came there. The only reason why. Like, I wasn't even thinking about even calling. Florida State wasn't an option in my book because I just didn't like it there. But, um, you know, um, it was it was, it was was a good transition because that showed me the will, you know, uh, to how to win team. Chemistry and everything. And then watching those, you know, the great leaders like, you know, Telvin, Jameis, you know, um, Timmy Jernigan, you know, that actually, I, I, I applied a lot of that to my game and to my leadership. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell um, a quick D-Walt story real quick since we were talking about the Alabama situation. So for probably about the first four, four months of the year, you will always hear D-Walt talking about, man, this ain't like Alabama. We're not handling things like Alabama, like Alabama would handle it. We don't work out like them. And I I remember the vets and stuff, they were trying to get on D Wall. Like, y'all gotta chill this my roommate. I'm like, bro, you gotta you gotta just stay patient. It's gonna it's gonna come to you. You gotta realize this ain't Alabama, you at Florida State. He was yeah. frustrated. He was stuck on that Alabama mindset. I was like, bro, we gonna we got something big brewing here. You just gotta be patient. And then once he started seeing in the and fall camp and things, how things were coming together, man, D-Walk fell in love with the school. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree. And i tell you what, though. i tell you what. I'm going to tell you what. You, you got to be honest with him, Freddie. Pruitt put everybody's job on the line, boy. There was no starters going into camp. <laughs> you know, like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we put everybody's job on the line. That's what, that's what made everybody wake up. I'm talking about when T. Hunt beat out Carlos, when uh, Jalen started, you know, when um, – like nah, like Jim, like Jim, uh, like uh, Pro was like nah. I'm trying to win, and then everybody. I tell you what, everybody adapted. Uh, no, everybody assimilated to his coaching. Very cool. I mean, very quick. Like, like all that talking back. He wasn't having it, you know. Um, and uh, it definitely, uh, it definitely, you know, you know. That's why we had that fire, cause you know I ain't. Gonna, I don't want to say no names, but you know, if you ain't perform well in the game, it was are right, you out. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, uh, Boston College game is what showed that. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. That uh, so I, I, you know, from the fans' perspective, 
you know, we knew we were good in 2012. We should have won the two games we lost in 2012. Um, we knew 2013 would be a good season. You know, I don't think we knew it would be the great season it was. But, you know, I think the fans got excited on Labor Day night going in there and seeing James as a, as a freshman go out and just dominate, seeing the team shut them down on defense um, on the road, Labor Day and, and national TV. But I think the fans thought, man, we're a good team. But I think it was the Clemson game when we realized, like, okay, we're a great team. We're going to – I think the Clemson game is for when the fans knew, dude, we're going to win it all. Like, this is it. Like, this is – when did you – I mean, so this goes for both of you guys. When did you guys know? Was it around that same time? Was that Clemson game? Was it BC comeback? Was it – when did you nah, guys know, okay, no, we just nah, went from I good that. to great? I can tell you that. I didn't even play spring because y'all – I don't know if y'all recall. I was ineligible. But it was spring ball when we had goal line drill. You remember that, Freddie? Yeah, I remember. Jimbo's tried to start the practice, and we was like, nah. Like, we kept going. Wilder had – bruised ribs and kept he playing. broke his ribs like, yeah broke his ribs and we was like nah like it was like a battle to the finish like that was the greatest you guys like you know that was probably like the greatest practice I ever saw in my life because the offense and defense we wanted Jameis in there blocking you know you know joining in there like hitting you know what I'm saying I was so into it I was in the back of the end zone even though I, went, I ain't had no helmets on I was in the back of the end zone like you know pumped up getting the defense hype because because uh, you know that was that's when we knew like yeah, because Jimbo was speechless after that practice. He was speechless like he had nothing to say. You know what I'm saying? He was just like, you know, everybody just like it was just it was just a, a fight. That was probably the one of the greatest practices I ever saw in my life. That's when we knew. I knew. That that was the first point for me. But then you still as freshman, you like man, you don't really know. Especially me, we ain't win nothing in high school, so I ain't know what winning looked like. We've never been to the playoffs, so <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. Um, and, but in in fall camp, I ain't gonna say the two the two dudes that got into it. A big fight broke out, and they was going at it, and a whole bunch of people got involved. And then just the whole practice, everybody just came together and we was competing. It was probably one of the best practices we had ever, both sides going at it. And D Wall, you know how you know how legendary those practices were we had. Yeah. And yeah. that was the sec that was the second moment for me. But the game we went into Maryland and I think ESPN had us getting upset or something. We would pick we would pick the um lose that game. We beat them 63-0. That's when I knew. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 and then like in that season, like, you know, we, we stay humble every game. Like, you know, even though, like, when, like, we played Syracuse, we didn't take them lightly. When we played Idaho, we didn't take them lightly. Like, every week, you know, there wasn't like, oh, we're going to win this. We, I promise, like, the whole mindset of the team was like, all right, we got another challenge in the way, you know? That, uh, that Maryland game, my my uncle's a huge Maryland fan, grew up up in that area. And I remember him talking smack and sending me pictures of ESPN, picking them up on upset alert. And – I mean, I'm sure it was fun for you guys, too. But it was a lot of fun for me to be able to send those 63 nothing picks back to him. So, a uh, little, little later in your career, uh, I was down in Miami for, uh, you know, what we call the block at the rock. Can you take us through the, through the block there? Because I remember we, we had held them all game, but then you, you don't want to go to overtime on the road. You know, like that's just like that – them making that extra point just scares the crap out of you, you know, to, to have to face that. It was coming off a bad North Carolina loss. So we, take us through that extra point, man, or the extra point that wasn't. Uh, I got to tell this. Uh, I, said, I, still got, I still got this text message 
uh, in my phone, and I told the media that week going going into the week. Freddie texted me, and he, you remember what uh, you said, Freddie? What you said to me? No, I don't remember. I ain't gonna lie to you. I had an Android then. I got an iPhone now. I cut ties with that man. I don't, yeah. don't even want to talk about Android. There's only certain, certain things that are always going to stick with you, you know what I'm saying? Going into that week, and obviously, like, me being the captain and, like, the leader, you know, obviously, like, you know, everything going to follow in Jimbo, but just to hire – just the people that's, you know, higher up in the hierarchy, you know, um, you know, people blaming me, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, the market's a bad leader. I'm like, all right, okay. So, Freddie came up to me – and no, Freddie texted me. Um, it was like, hey, bro, <laughs> we're not losing to Miami. You know, he texted me that straight up, and I was like, you, and, I was, and I was like, you damn right. So we had one hell of a week of practice, and then um, so going to the game, you know, they driving the ball, they driving the ball. You know, they got a lot of momentum, they score, and literally, you know, um, Mamba Mo just just came in, and I and like when they score, I promise, like God is my witness, I'm not, you know, this is not no over exaggeration. I literally went in my brain and said, we ain't losing this fucking game, you know? So, uh, prior to, so right before the second half, they kicked the field goal real long, and I could have blocked it. I just jumped too early. So, Odell Hagan. So, when they grade you out, you get a positive, negative, sacks, missed tackles. But you go to the last column, it says intelligent play. And I got one of those after this game because Odell Hagan's, he said he wanted to block a left. And I, I waved. I said, no, 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 no. I switched the play call in the huddle. I said, no, we're going to block it right. He said, okay. And then, you know, I got the push. Now, and, and, and as soon as I know, like, I got enough push two yards deep, I was like, all right, this is over with. And I got up. I got, I, I got big-ass hands. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, knocked that down. I was like, nah. And game over. That's all she wrote. So, <laughs> that was cool. That was a cool moment right there. I, I, I didn't – when they scored, I did not hesitate at all. I promise I didn't. Yeah, man, that, that whole 2016 season was was pretty wild uh, throughout from start to finish. Um, I remember, you know, you guys opened up in Orlando where I live against Old Miss. Um, so I was pumped. Obviously, the Knolls are in town. Um, by the time I get to my seat, it's 28 to 6. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, what are y'all doing out there? Um, and, we, you know, Travis Rudolph scores late in the first half. And our, our guy Freddie here runs one in early in the third quarter. And right after Freddie runs it in, uh, you sack Chad Kelly, one of your four and a half sacks. He fumbles it. Florida State recovers, scores again. And from there, the game was over. Um, and I loved you said after the game, you went into Mamba mode again. Um, so just talk about the turning point in that game. And then also, uh, uh, not to steal TJ's thunder here, but uh, Kobe Bryant shouted you out on Twitter the next day. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you what, like, what had me activate. Brad Lawn is like, you know, like my biological dad just just got back into my uh, life, but you know, when I was in college, you know, Brad Lawn challenged me, and he demanded nothing but excellence from me. And I remember him like making a case, like, "Come on, I need you to come back. I need you to come back." And like he took care of me during the spring, he took care of me during camp, and just to see the dis- disappointment in his eyes at halftime, like. He, he didn't say anything, you know what I'm saying? And, and I'm getting jitter from me, like, to see, to see the disappointment, you know? And I was like, fuck it. I was like, fuck it. Excuse my friends. I was like, you know what? Forget it, you know? And um, and uh, I pulled Sweat to the side. After we came out, I said, let's play football. Forget all the other bull crap. And after that, you know, 
after that game, you know, <laughs> it was all smiles and tears from him. So that was that, you know, like, you know, that was just, I, I guess when the time to get on, when the game was on the line, you know, Mamba always come in, it, it, it always come in clutch, you know. And, yeah, and then how much does, uh, yeah, Kobe shot, talking about Richie, Richie asked that, but like, man, I'll, I'll tell you, I, Kobe was my biggest hero of all time. I freaking named my son after him, you know, like, I, uh, but what does that mean? What did that mean to you, man? Like then, and then, you know, upon the, you know, the tragic passing, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sure that's gotta be one of the coolest messages you ever got, you know, at this point. Yeah, no, nah, nah, that was the coolest message I ever got, you know, um, and be honest with you, you know, Jimbo didn't, Jimbo didn't, you know, let no social media, you know, he was a social media ban, you know, but I really wanted to like, you know, retweet it. I wanted to tweet it back at him, you know, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to so bad because I'm like, this is Kobe, like, this is Kobe, like, this is like, you know, arguably like one of the greatest players, you know, ever to play the game, you know, so it was definitely a good, you know, a good, you know, um, a good compliment. And, you know, when Kobe passed, you know, I, I still went to the gym. Like, I went to go look at a house. And when I found out, I went to the gym. And it was very hard because, you know, um, that's somebody who I'm out of my game after. You know, um, it's something I do now during the offseason. I, I start my first workout at 5 a.m. And I, I watch I, – I study – I study the greats. And he had this one thing where he said, you know, most athletes get up at 9, train from 11 to 1. All right, rest, you got to rest, go back at, you know, see three to four, then eat dinner, and they're done. He said, well, what will happen if you start your day off at four? All right, train from four to six, rest, da-da-da, go back at it, let's say nine to 11, all right, rest, go back at it, you know, one to one to three, rest, you know what I'm saying, then go back at it uh, six to eight, you know, eat some dinner, you know what I'm saying? I apply that to my game to where – during the off season, I like starting my workouts at 5 a.m., you know. So, you know, it definitely hit me harder because not only the compliment, but also just modeling my game and studying, you know what I'm saying? And that was really like, you know, I got a really big goal this year. And, you know, if I ever get on the podium and got to give a speech, I'm going to give, you know, my shout out to him because, you know, he helped me, you know, in a way, you know, get to where I'm about to go. Yeah, oh, talking so, about um, – talking. go ahead, Rick. Yeah, so just um, sticking with the, the 2016 theme, and Freddie, I want you to jump in on this as well, because it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen being a Florida State fan was the Showtime series, the season win. Um, and uh, DeMarcus, you were pretty prominently featured throughout the whole series. You know, you actually, my wife, I, I make her watch with me. You became one of her favorite players just from this TV show. Um, mm -hmm. But what, what was it like? First of all, I'm shocked that Jimbo would allow that to happen. But what was it like for you guys having these Showtime camera crews around the entire 2016 season in Orlando, Miami, everywhere, and then sitting down on Tuesday nights to watch yourselves in a not playing football uh, aspect? Um, to be honest with you, I feel like everybody took it differently. I liked it. You know, I liked it a lot because, um, you know, it was an opportunity just to, you know, have the world see, like, what's going on and what's the daily grind of Florida State. and what it takes to be a Seminole. And then also, um, I had a huge stutter problem um, in college. And like you said, like, I was I, I was on the show at least every every episode. So, like, 
the young lady, Lindsay, you know, who was one of the producers there, she was such a great help because she helped me overcome my speech impediment. So, you know, I'm thankful for it. Everybody else would say, you know, it could have been a distraction or whatever. I'm like, no, like if it was a distraction, everybody would have had a bad season, you know, and obviously we didn't get the team go we wanted. Um, but I feel like everybody just took it differently. Yeah, me um personally, see, now I'm a little bit different. I kind of was in my shell a little bit in college. So I ain't really like being around media too much. I felt like the fans was following me when they was around. But now I'm I'm more open and I I don't have the issue dealing with media. I'll communicate. I'm kinda outspoken now. I kinda broke that shell. But back then, yeah, I ain't I ain't gonna lie to you, because Showtime would try to catch a lot of people slipping just with some good content. And I, I'm like, man, when we have practice and stuff, I have to remember when I got the mic on me. Like, I can't talk crazy today. Showtime around here, man. I ain't trying to have my mama hit me up on saying I'm saying crazy stuff on TV. DeMarcus, what is the uh, what is the transition? Talk a little bit, and I I don't want to take up a ton of your time today, so we can go through a couple more questions each and, and get you out of here. But talk a little bit about the um, the difference between like the the brotherhood that was that Florida State locker room and and what you like see in the NFL now. Just was like that what that difference is, good, bad, indifferent, you know, like not that it has to be good or bad, but like just some of the differences there between pro and college. And then um, maybe you don't have to get too deep with us, but tell us a little bit about, um, you know, what you're looking forward to this, you know, upcoming season. You don't have to give us your specific goals or anything, but we all kind of follow your pro career because we're fans forever. But tell us a little bit about that too. Uh, the difference is guys got families. So like, you know, in college, you know, when you were done with practice, everybody, you know, you know, if we were at Legacy or at Champions, everybody over each other's house playing the game, talking about whatever, you know. Um, but uh, the league, you know, you still got somewhat of, of a brotherhood, you know, um, you know, but like the whole outside of football thing, you know, you can't just go with somebody's house and just want to hang out. You can't go like that. You know, guys got kids, you know, I got to do homework, you know, got the wives over, you know. So, I mean, wives home. So, really, you know, it's, it's, it's totally different, you know. And uh, my rookie year, it was a struggle because I was going through a lot. And um, definitely, like, you know, just being on my own, how to learn how to, you know, just take care of things on my own and um, cope with a lot of different things. Um, but um, I would say, like, you know, um, every every club has their own, you know, team camaraderie and team chemistry, but the difference with the Broncos is, like, you know, we always been able to, like, you know, do things together, you know, for somebody's birthday or, you know, Vaughn is a big guy on team chemistry, you know, and uh, I learned a lot through him as, you know, just doing things, just going over somebody's house, you know. Uh, my second year, I was like, yeah, I'll come over, and I didn't come over, and he was like, but don't say you're going to come over. You're not going to come over. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like, that was, like, that was very big, so and then also just getting older and seeing that how much, you know, it is like a good gesture just to, you know, support your teammates, you know, cause events, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, um, whatever own, like, I want to say not companies, but like, you know, like um, different, different campaigns they have, whatever. Um, I definitely, that's a goal of mine is to go to all of my teammates events this year, you know, go to all of them. And support, you know, um, and that's big. Yeah, I mean, this is a obviously a crazy off season with this pandemic and everything going on. 
Um, what are the vibes like with uh, you and your teams as far as uh, everything going on? Are, are there some hesitation with, with some players? I know that we've seen several players opt out of the season from uh, across the league. Um, so what, what, are the, what are the vibes with uh, your teammates as far as all that goes? And what are you hearing as far as when a season may start um, and how that's going to look this year? Oh, I think the t- I think the season the season is going to happen. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you put so much you, you put so much work in it in all season. Like you want to, you know, go by the some way. Um, I mean, have some some somewhat of a season to, you know, let out what you let out. You know, or earn what you want to earn. But um, I feel like the NFL has put a, has put together a great plan. You know, uh, safety wise to let you know to let it, to let the season continue. What gave me a lot of positivity is hearing what the NHL and the NBA, you know, have their whole entire players test zero for positive COVID. So I feel like if they can do it, we can do it also. Hopefully, you know, everybody can hold, you know, everybody can be accountable for their actions and, you know, you know, appreciate the NFL is letting us go home, you know, throughout camp and not putting us in a bubble. And so hopefully everybody just do the right thing. Don't go to Magic City for some wings, you know, and uh, just <laughs> <laughs> they were named got, after uh, the guy. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got uh, I got two quick ones, and then you guys can ask anything you want, and then I'll, we can get them out of here. But do you have a um, who are you cheering for in the NBA playoffs? I'm a Celtics fan. You um, know, Celtics fan. Um, also, I'm a Kevin Durant fan. So if 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 Kevin Durant was in, um was playing, I'd definitely be uh, tr- uh um rooting for him. I know I'm gonna say something that's gonna piss a lot of people off, but in my opinion, I feel like Kevin Durant is the greatest player of all time. You know, but it's cool. Ooh. <laughs> They're gonna be in your mentions. They're gonna be in your mentions on Monday morning, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, we'll 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 agree to we agree on everything this show except I, I want to see LeBron raise the trophy and say this one's for Kobe. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna oh, yeah. go Lakers on this one. But um, and then I'll I, this is for both you and Freddie, and this is all I got for today. And we'll get you on at another time. But uh, undefeated against um, Florida, um, how what, what felt better in school, beating Florida or beating Miami? Like which was which was best? Florida, you know, Freddie. Yeah. Freddie, who you think, Freddie? Yeah, it's Florida. Cause man, no matter what happened, like I ain't gonna lie to you. I tell people all the time, we wanted Miami to be undefeated when we played them, yep. so that we could be the ones to beat them. But Florida, man, we so we ain't want them to win nothing. We ain't care if they lost all their games. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like that was different. Like I'm not even playing. Like. I I hate that school. I'm not even playing. Like I hate that school. Like my kids will not go there. Like they're not allowed to go there. They can go to any school they want to. They, they can go to Miami, but they're not allowed to go to Florida. Like I just don't. And it's personal reasons too. Cause like not only second Florida State did me the second dirtiest with my recruiting, but Florida did me the dirtiest. So like it was really like it was personal every time. That's why I laid it on them every year, and that's why I talk so much crap during the off season. Um, but like, like my last two years, I let them be known. You know what I'm saying? Oh man, I couldn't, I can't stand that school. I can't, like, I'm not even, I'm not even playing. Like, I hate that. Listen, have y'all ever drove through the University of Florida campus? You just, you just automatically feel like you got to take a shower. It's, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna love yeah. that on Monday. 
I can't stand them. I really can't stand them. Like, I, I, it felt good whooping their ass every year, especially my senior year. Like, you know, that's why I got up in the crowd and just let them know, like, listen, dude, I, I will talk crap for the rest of my life. Like, I understand that we haven't beat, like, either school in the last two few years. But, hey, I tell them straight up, have you ever beat me? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I wanted Will Gray to play junior year. I wanted him to play. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Well, I can well, say, uh, de definitely, man, definitely from a fan's perspective, I know me and TJ appreciate you and Freddie and all of you guys who never lost to Florida because that, you know, living in Orlando, I have a lot of good friends that went to UF. Um, and those were, those were the days when I, I could wake up a Sunday after Thanksgiving knowing that we were going to win the game. There was never a time in the year or, no, in, in my four-year span where I could tell you, Freddie can vouch too, there was never a time where we had a, a doubt in my mind that we was going to lose. That's why, you know, at the block of the rock, I was poised when they scored. I didn't, like, no, nah, we're not going to lose to them, you know? So, like, that's, that's just, you know, second nature, you know? Yeah, I'm ready to get back to that. So, uh, Richie, Freddie, you guys got anything else? Nah, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us today. And, again, man, best of luck to you uh, this season. I know we'll all be watching and, and cheering for you and the Broncos uh, as long as you're not playing Tom Brady and my Bucks. Oh, I'm looking forward to playing him. To be honest with you. <laughs> hey, I, I, take it easy. He's an old man. Nah, go, go hit him, bro. Knock him out. <laughs> <laughs> what you I, saying, don't got, I don't got nothing, D-Walk. I'm just, man, I'm just happy for you. Like I said, I'm ready to see you to take that next step this year. I know it's coming. Shoot, this is what you don't pray for. This is what you don't work for. I'm tuned in for it, man. And stay blessed, man. I'm tuned in. I'm, I'm ready to see it. I know it's coming. I know. You're going to tell everybody I told you, and I can't wait, bro. I cannot wait. I can't wait. You know what I'm saying? There's something that we talked about my rookie year. We talked about this my second year. And like you said, everybody saw Sparks last year, but and and I love it how everybody everybody doesn't see, but they're so quick to forget. But you know, at a point in time, you know, a lot of people in Florida State doubted me, and I made everybody I made everybody believe about the time I walked out of there. And same shit gonna happen this year. It's just nobody gonna see it coming. I promise. Get it, man. Yep. All right. I see you. I see you guys. God bless. All right. Appreciate you, bro. Dope. I got to remember, uh, so this is pretty unfiltered and uncut and raw and unedited and everything else, obviously, like that if it's live. Um, I got to remember to hit the unmute button. I've already messed that up twice tonight, so I, I feel like Uncle Silk's pain on on doing that. Um, but I'll yeah, figure you, it out. You, you're giving everyone a peek behind the curtain. This is this is our raw Jeez. shot now. The people that listen to this uh, uh, Monday morning, that you're not going to hear a lot of that stuff, but TJ's already got two uh, big mishaps. So yeah, so keeping track we'll, here. We'll go for three here in a minute. It's no big deal. Um, so Demarcus was awesome. So I'm I'm excited for that. Um, we've got another guest coming up, which I just shot him a message. Uh, we've got another guest coming up, Andy Staples of um, of the Athletic. So we're really just gonna kill all time until he gets here. So if you have any questions or whatever, I mean, feel free to throw them in the in the chat to the side. Um, you know, Andy commented on our um, our feed the other day commented on on Twitter on the podcast and so I shot him a text real quick he's he's been on against Eddie McGale on the big three roll up and different things we've done and so I said hey man let's 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 get together and let's talk Florida State let's talk uh, about this name that you commented on and so excited to have Andy on 
Uh, I see about 40 people in here live. Uh, we are, you know, we're trying to grow. If you are spending your Sunday night hanging out with us, um, I'm just going to, I'm not somebody that's shy for asking for stuff. If you will hit the share button on this, whether it's a retweet on Twitter, whether it's uh, a share on Facebook. If, if you ha- if you're in, I shared this in a bunch of FSU groups. If you're in a bunch of, if you're in any FSU groups, if you want to share those into those, that would be super helpful. Tag your Florida state friends that enjoyed the national championship that we won in 2013. Um, because we've got a member of that team on here, right? You, you all remember that some of you weren't alive in 93 and as crazy as it is. Some of you weren't alive in 99, but you all remember 2013. We've got a, current uh current podcast and former player from that team so hit the share button hit the like button tag your friends help us grow uh so we can make this even bigger and better for you i, I got a question here richie's gonna be my, my best answer for this while we're waiting on andy um tab young wants to know who, who starts at qb guys richie's trying to i'll go i'll team. go first um <laughs> um i i think um starting out Experience wins. I think we'll start the year off with with Blackman, but with us having a lot of talented young guys in the group, I think um, if he doesn't display and play the way he should from the beginning, then they'll give those younger guys an opportunity. Um, kind of a similar situation we had a few years ago when I played. Um, when we had um, McGuire, he played, and then Francois eventually took that role. So if um, Blackman doesn't showcase his skill set early on and he doesn't rise to the occasion, they're going to give those young guys opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree there. I, mean, I think Blackman has the the early lead. I mean, he's the favorite to start. Richie, if if Blackman doesn't start, or, or let's say he does, whether he does or doesn't, which quarterback has the 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 biggest shot at, at challenging him for that, that starting spot. It, it sounded like it's going to be an open competition. We, we're going to get to that a little bit later, but who do you see as having the, the, the best chance to challenge him? Yeah. I mean, for my money, I'm going with Chubba Purdy. You know, he obviously comes from a pretty good pedigree. His brother is one of the best quarterbacks in college football this year. Um, you know, he started as a true freshman up there. Um, I think Purdy, I, I don't know if he'll start from week one, but if I had to bet, I think he's the guy that takes the last meaningful snap at quarterback this season. Another question is, um, is Corbin running back one with, I mean, we're going to get a labor later, but is Corbin running back one at this point for FSU? It was my opinion that he was going to be running back one even before the Labor news came out. Um, I'm a huge fan of Kalen Labor, and I think he's electric. Uh, but, you know, he's been here for three years and hasn't really done much on the field. And some of that's not his fault. Some of it was his fault. Um, but I think Corbin, if he was healthy, as everyone told us in those those three few days we got in spring practice, um, it looks like he is. I think he's it's going to be a running back by committee. But I, I think Corbin's probably the guy. What about you, Freddie? Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be a running back by a committee, but Corbin, he's, he's going to be our workhorse back. They're going to get a few guys in the rotation as we go on throughout the season to kind of spare him, but I think he's he's the guy. Oh, also, I want to say, I know we were talking about guys sharing it and stuff. I'm just let y'all know, after this, don't be blowing up our Facebooks, our Twitters, because I'm going to watch Bernie Mac's show. 
Y'all ask all the questions y'all want right now. <laughs> y'all, y'all start sharing it so everybody else can ask their questions because we, we we interacting with y'all right now. Let's get it. Don't mess with Freddie while Bernie's on. Um, have you guys been? This is so random and, and has nothing to do with anything. But I mean, finally, live sports are back. Like, what have you guys been watching? Have you guys been watching? I mean, everything's back now. MLB, NBA, NHL. Like, what have you guys been checking out? Yeah, a little bit of everything for me. Um, you know, I came home early on Friday to watch the Magic in their first, you know, I guess regular season game, if we're going to call it that, um, since the break. I've watched some soccer. I've Pretty much anything that's been on, I've, I've been watching it. Um, you know, golf has been electric for me this summer because we've had a lot of good uh, outings and it's not that much different without fans. Um, but yeah, a little bit of everything. So definitely looking forward to you know, when the NBA playoffs get started and being able to see some real meaningful basketball going on again. How about you, Freddie? What are you watching? Um, Number one thing, I've been watching this stomach go down. I lost 23 pounds in the last three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, stomach was hanging over my belt. But um, now that the NBA season is back up, I've been watching a little bit of that. Um, of course, like I said, I've been watching a lot of Bernie Mac show and a lot of things on Netflix. But yeah, um, biggest thing, I'm in the gym right now. I'm trying to get back to the form I was in in college. Man, I got a little big eating cheeseburgers and wings. Eating the double fries. You should have been eating a little more slaw. Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a Guthrie's here. So obviously in Tampa, you know, Guthrie's is – or I'm sorry, in Tallahassee, Guthrie's is really big. But um, there's one in Tampa, and I wanted so bad to go get it. But we took my daughter to like – seven different places this weekend, you know, see your grandparents, see some friends, do a bunch of stuff. And so I didn't make it down to South Tampa, but I wanted to, I just saw that guy, um, Jonathan Isaac wheeled off the court with an injury in, or in the Orlando magic game tonight. So hopefully he's okay. Uh, guy that's been at the center of the news yeah, cycle. That one looked bad recently. Yeah. So hopefully he's, he's good. So I've got Andy here. We can add him to the stream. Andy, how are you doing, man? You hear us? What's up? This is yeah. This is fancy. I like this, dude. It is crazy. This technology. So Andy Stables of the Athletic, um, covering college football and all barbecue related issues. Uh, formerly Sports so, Illustrated like and <laughs> hosts the Andy Stables Show. So um, you commented the other day on Twitter. We've had you on the Big Three Roll before. We've had you. I think you've been on Stadium and Gale as well. Um, yeah. We always enjoy your food takes. I, you know, I don't know what the hierarchy of, of people that respect you for your college football takes are, but I know that it's high for your football takes. So, I, I'm sorry, your, your food takes. So, yeah, saying, nobody, nobody uh, cares about my football takes, but this is nah. the greatest name of a podcast I've ever seen in my life. This, is, this, was, this was my Guthrie's order that, you know, back when there was a Guthrie's in Gainesville, of course, obviously – my first Guthrie's experience was in Tallahassee, as it should be. So I, uh, I am very, very proud to be joining you guys because this is, if you know, if one day I'm lucky enough to get a T-shirt, that's, that's all I need. I got you, man. We will send one this week. Our production is way, way, I mean, everything kind of comes through the Big Three website, but everything is being produced at like, you know, it takes a month to get to you, but we'll send it out this week and you'll have it by like football season. <laughs> well, you have, you have that new Empire headquarters in Orlando. I'm, I'm just, I, I figure there's, there's just, you got Oompa Loompas in there working on t shirts <laughs> and creating new podcasts. And 
that's the goal. We're working on getting it set up, but that will be the case and stuff will go out a lot faster and we won't have to pay Printful so much money. So actually I'm going to edit that out because they're not paying us. But anyway, um, yeah. So appreciate the shout out and the love with the name. Um, I feel bad, but it was like Newberg and Silk that actually like thought of it. So I hate to give Newberg any credit and, and, and Silk to <laughs> a, gator, a gator coming up with it. But um, we were thinking of like names and we we're like, oh, let's, you know, you, you think of like all the, all of the, uh, you know, typical Florida state stuff, unconquered and this and that, you know, and, and Silk said, just do something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he said, do something off the wall, like Tallahassee, like, Double fry, you know, do something with Guthrie's and Newberg said, How about double fries, no slaw? And so I must have never told them that I did that, but I just sent them the logo one day and I said, Yeah, this is it. You know, and they were like, Holy crap, you really went with that? And so I was like, Yeah, it's, it's amazing. You know, who who doesn't remember that? So, yeah, it's either, anyway, it's either you, call it, you call it Mike's podcast and you put it in between Mike's beer barn and Mike's pawn shop. Yes. <laughs> Many a keg has been purchased from me by at Mike's. So, um, these are all great sponsors. Let me write all this down. Um, but we'll bring it back. Appreciate the love and, and the shout out for the show. But we'll we'll get into a little bit of football here, and then we'll talk food at the end because at least finish with something good. So, Richie, why don't you start us off? Yeah, Andy. First of all, thanks for joining the show. We really appreciate it. Um, been a big fan of yours for a while, and actually, in February, I was listening to your podcast, the Andy Staples Show, because you had Mike Norvell on there. Yeah. Um, I believe you. I believe you taped it uh, from his office. Uh, yes. Well, uh, at the time, so just give us your first impression, thoughts on the uh, you know meeting him in person for the first time. I'm assuming that was the first time. Um, no, that wasn't. I, no. I've met him quite a few times when he was the head coach. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, right, well, you know, he he's he just has always been a very sharp guy. The thing I think is most amazing about him, if you look at his time at Memphis, he has such a good eye for talent. You know, a lot of the guys that he hired at Memphis got hired away by other schools, like Dan Lanning, the, the defensive coordinator at Georgia, is a great example because that guy is a future head coach. He runs, you know, one of the best defenses in the SEC right now, but he's he's destined for bigger and better things. Uh, you, you look at some of the guys that, that Norvell had hired that, that he could hire back when he got to Florida State because, like, when Auburn comes after Kenny Dillingham, you can't compete with that when you're Memphis. But when you're at Florida State, then then you can you can bring the man back, and it helps you get Chubba Purdy signed, and you know it all sort of works works together. But so I, I think that's good that they found a guy who can put together staff, and even if you lose good staffers, he can replace them because I, I think Florida State fans are kind of burned out a little bit on staffing issues. I mean, you go back to the Jimbo bit. Fisher era, the thought was, okay, this guy was was maybe too loyal to some people, and it got to the point where he couldn't make any changes. They, they had spent a lot of money at, you know, his request, and then it became too expensive to make changes when changes needed to be made. And so having a guy who, if you lose somebody, you lose somebody, and then you can go get somebody else who's, who's just as good, I think that's a that's a big plus. And then you look at Norvell's offenses and, and special teams, especially like the way they, the way those Memphis teams played, they got a lot of little things right. And I think, you know, for Florida State fans who've been watching the last couple of years where they haven't done a lot of the little things right, that they're going to appreciate that even more because it's been a little while for them. Okay. So, so touching on his offense, I know, you know, Florida State's personnel pretty well. Who do you think really fits in or maybe a name that 
even some Florida State fans may not know that you say, hey, this guy in this offense, he's really going to be a playmaker. Well, actually, I've been, I've been spending the last few hours writing a, about their quarterback situation. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know who I was surprised at some of the numbers I was looking at was James Blackman. James Blackman <laughs> completed 63% of his passes last year. We we uh we subscribe to a service called uh, Sports Info Solutions and it tracks you know advanced stats. Let me give you one crazy advanced James Blackman stat. There were only three quarterbacks last year who threw more touchdown passes under pressure than James Blackman. They were Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Trevor Lawrence. That's a crazy number. So now. The story I'm writing is not all about how James Blackman should be the starter. It's, it's kind of breaking down what the situation is with all four quarterbacks. But the thing I was thinking about as I look at these numbers and I look at what Florida State has been dealing with, and one of the other stats we had is since 2017, Florida State's quarterback has been pressured on 40.3% of, of their dropbacks. Only 10 other schools had more pressures by percentage. So – you know, three of them were triple option schools who never throw. So, of course, there's pressure every time they throw. One of them was Idaho, which dropped down to FCS. One of them was UConn, which you've, you watch UConn. So, it, that, that's the company Florida State's been in in terms of pass blocking over the last three years. They're going to get better. You know, I talked about the hiring practices of Mike Norvell. Alex Atkins is a rising star coach. He's a future head coach. He was the... He was the offensive coordinator and play caller at Charlotte last year. Will Healy, the head coach at Charlotte, raves about him, loves him. Says Florida State's offensive line is going to get a lot better. And then, and look, I mean, they started making getting the offensive line better a priority after the 2017 season. Y'all know that is not an overnight fixed position. That takes a while. So maybe if that offensive line starts coming around, you've got a new offense. So is it possible that James Blackman has never really gotten the chance he should have gotten. Because I think if you if you gave Jimbo Fisher a truth serum on August 3rd, 2016, which is the day that, that James Blackman committed, he'd probably say, oh, well, Blackman's not going to play until like 2020 when he's a redshirt junior. Nobody thought he was going to have to play right away. Yeah, I agree. I think that was one of the biggest disservices to him is that not just being forced to play right away, but not really knowing until that Alabama game when Francois went down. Um, because true freshman in Jimbo's offense, it's it's so complicated. It doesn't happen yeah. very often. I mean, Jameis couldn't even play as a true freshman. Granted, we had EJ Manuel at the time. Um, yeah. But I think that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I'm excited. We were talking about the quarterback competition beforehand. Uh, I gave the opinion that I think Blackman may start, but Chubba Purdy will take the final meaningful step of the season. Um, what are your thoughts on him and what you know about him? Uh, quite a bit. I actually went out to Phoenix and, and met up with him and his parents last year when he was still very much committed to Louisville. This was before Florida State had changed coaches and before uh, things had opened up for him. But I was doing a story on all the really good quarterbacks out in the Phoenix area. And, uh, you know, his brother Brock is the starting quarterback at Iowa State. And and so basically I was writing a little bit about how Chubba kind of fit into that that group of really good Phoenix quarterbacks that was coming out this year. And then getting the backstory of how Brock wound up at Iowa State. And it was pretty interesting because Chubba had a very different high school career than Brock did. Chubba took over for Brock, who had just like shattered every record that they had and just kept going. Chubba kept kept shattering records. Brock had mono as a junior. He had a this weird injury 
before the spring of his senior year where he got like a bunch of cactus spines through his left hand. So this massive cast when he was trying to throw for coaches and nobody thought he could throw. And so it wasn't until after his senior year that coaches figured out, oh my God, this kid's really good. And so that's how he winds up taking five official visits in four weeks before he winds up signing with, with Iowa State. But Chubba, on the other hand, was he – now, I'll give you this one. So when Brock goes on his official visit to Boise State, the whole family went. The coaches greeted Chubba thinking he was Brock because Chubba's the taller one. Chubba's the bigger one. So Chubba's a sophomore at this point, and he's already got D1 coaches going, oh, you're our guy. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's your guy pointing over Brock. And so – it was kind of you, you kind of knew this was coming, but you know Chuba is probably as good a thrower as Brock. He's a little bit bigger, and he's probably a bit better runner. So you know, that's the part that I think is is kind of interesting with him because you know you look at, at James Blackman and you look at Tate Rodemaker, they probably fit the same mold. The you know catch throw if you're accurate and and you've got good receivers, you're going to be able to spread the ball around. Chuba adds a little more of a run dynamic to the offense where you need to worry about the quarterback running. And then that means you've probably got to keep one guy in to spy him. And all of a sudden there's a little more open space to throw to. So I think I I've kind of thought the same thing as you, Richie, about how the season would go that the trouble would get, but I kind of wonder now because nobody had spring and you know, I, honestly, we don't know if there's going to be a season yet. They got to figure out if, if they can safely do it. So it could be a situation where they don't play again for a while. And then we don't know. I mean, at that point, that could be Chubba. But if, if you start this season when the ACC wants to start it, I would, I would agree with you that you, you want to start with Blackman. He's got experience. He's been in these situations before. You look at the teams they got to play. You know, they just got Notre Dame, a game at Notre Dame added to the schedule. So you, you want to make sure you have the experience there. But, yeah, if Chubba is coming on, and, and from what I hear, people are pretty impressed with him up there already, then you give him a chance. You were talking about Norvell. I know you're a big believer in, in Mike Norvell. Um Man, it is so tough in this state uh, to recruit. You see the other major college football programs, you know, pulling all the major kids out of Florida, right? You you see, um, yeah, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State pulling pulling the kids out, um, LSU, and then you know Miami's recruiting really well. Florida is the easily the best team in the state, and so. You know, I know you're a believer in Mike Norvell, and I, like you talked about, I am certainly one of the fans that is like in total wait and see mode after, like you said, the last two staffs. But can are you a big enough believer in Mike Norvell to know that he can, or to believe that he can overcome all of those things that I just mentioned? Like, and and will Florida State be patient enough with him uh, to to get there? Right, like to be able to improve the roster and the offensive line and things like that. And the one caveat I'll ask that, and I'll shut up and let you answer, is let's assume the season everything happens like normal yeah. or normal-ish. Like what the ACC is laid out, let's let's not throw in the fact that like, oh, well, if there's no season, then it gets hard. Let's, let's just assume right. the best. So 
if he had to play Florida's schedule, I'd be a little more worried because Florida's about to get like Alabama and Texas A&M tacked on the <laughs> schedule. So if he had to play that schedule, I'd be a little more worried. But I, I think they, I think the ACC is a pretty manageable deal right now. I, like Clemson's Clemson. You have to deal with that. Notre Dame's really good. If you're getting Notre Dame added to your schedule, that's, that's going to be tough. But, you know, you look at the rest of the league, Louisville's getting better, but you, you just took the guy Louisville wanted to be its quarterback of the future. That's that was Chubba Purdy. He was already committed to Louisville and, and then flipped to Florida state. So, you know, I, I think they can overcome that. As far as the recruiting goes, this pandemic is, is going to mess with recruiting a lot. Uh, you're seeing it with Miami now. And I, I do wonder if this is going to be the case in a lot of places where guys are going to stay a little closer to home for the next couple of years, just because they can't go on unofficial visits. They can't go to camps uh, they're not doing official visits right now. You know, I, so it makes sense to go where it's familiar. It makes sense. And, and then it makes sense for those coaches to offer the people that they've seen that they already know. So that, that I do wonder, does that mean Florida state gets more guys out of South Georgia than, than maybe they would have, or, or maybe those guys go to Florida state as opposed to going to Alabama or Georgia or Auburn. Although those were, you know, all fairly close too. It, it's, it's going to be a weird kind of reset of recruiting. So I, I think if they start winning, if they're on the right trajectory, I don't think the, the recruiting situation they walked into is going to be the one they walk out of when things get back to normal. So if, if the recruits feel like the program is, is on the right path, I don't think it's going to be as tough. But to your point, you know, before things changed, yeah, everybody was taking from the state of Florida. And, and that's a, that's something that Mike Norvell, Dan Mullen, and Manny Diaz have to do something about. That's not just a Mike Norvell problem. That's that's all of them need to be able to, to deal with that. Yeah. How manageable um, – you talked about the ACC being um, much more manageable than probably any other conference, right, as far as the schedule goes. Um Clemson is Clemson. Notre Dame is going to be tough. Um, and just from an overall perspective, I mean, you, you know, these teams well, um, and it's sometimes it's tough for us to think about it because we just didn't even look competent the last couple of years. But outside of that, is every game on Florida state schedule winnable? I mean, you know, I, I look at the next two toughest is probably UNC and Miami are, are those winnable or are those really, really tough for Florida state too? And then I think those everything else probably is. Yeah. I, I think everything but Clemson is winnable. You know, North Carolina is going to be tough. And, I, I mean, since we're talking quarterback flips, I'd say Mac Brown flipping Sam Howell was the, the most impactful flip of that recruiting cycle. You know, we'll see if, if Mike Norvell flipping Chubba Purdy is the most impactful one of this recruiting cycle. But, you know, North Carolina was still a 6-16 six and 16 going into the bowl game last year. They, I think they were ahead of schedule because we didn't know that Mac would be able to turn them around as quickly as he did. But to think that they are suddenly – ACC championship caliber, I, I don't know that they're quite there yet. Um, NC State, I don't have a real high hopes for them this year. Miami, I think, could be pretty good this year. I, I, I feel like they're finally running the offense that they should have been running for the last 11 or 12 years. And so we'll see with De'Ara King running the offense how much better they get because they've been competent defensively. And, and y'all lived through the, the nightmare of nine sacks. Uh, well, I would bet that, that Greg Rousseau is going to terrorize quite a few teams like he did Florida State last year. 
For sure. Yeah. I mean, it'll be, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Like you said, we're all kind of in wait and see mode. Um, do you feel, I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this question many times, but I'll ask it too. And then I'll pass the, pass the mic off. But do you feel good about a season? How do you feel? What's your gut say? It's hard. I mean, you look at the baseball situation where the, the Marlins had a bunch of positives and the Cardinals and they don't have a bubble and college football doesn't have a bubble either. I, I think the NFL will be a better predictor than anything though. And, and we haven't seen them really start full contact practices yet. That, that happens in the middle of August and then they start playing games. Now the ACC plans to start playing games the same week as the NFL. I think there's a reason the SEC and the PAC 12 decided to wait till later to, till the 26, because I think, they would like to see the NFL play a couple games and see if it's possible. So I, right now I, I am there's, it feels to me like there's too many logistical hurdles, but if the NFL can somehow pull it off, then it's doable. And so I kind of want to see what happens when they start practicing in the middle of this month. I mean, when they start hitting in the middle of this month, Yeah, um, let's just say everything goes smooth and we have our season. There's two questions I know Florida State fans are concerned about. Number one being the O-line. The past few years, the O-line's been a major issue. Um, what are your thoughts going forward with some of the guys we were able to pick up and some of the guys we have on the roster right now? Do you think they take that next step I do during think the season? They, well, there's a little bit of they can't get worse than than they were 2017, 2018. <laughs> but I do think this is a, a case where you know they've they've gotten older. They've got some transfers in like uh, like Devonte Love Taylor, who, who've played. And I think having experience, having guys that that have played, that helps. And then you know, then it's just a case of can you stay healthy. Yeah, that's another issue they've had of a lot of it with the offensive line. Of course, it hasn't necessarily been ability. It's been guys just banged up constantly. So it would, it would help to get a little more love, a little more injury luck there. And I know nobody wants to hear that, but there, there is a lucky aspect to it. There are a luck component to it. But I, I do think the fact that these guys have been through a lot of stuff already. And you know, now they're on this for some of them, their fourth offensive line coach. I think they will be better. I, I do. I, I think, you know, the, the situation in 2017 was dire. And, you know, I, you guys have talked about it a ton on Big Three Roll-Up, I know, just about how their recruiting fell off. I think it's something that they've really concentrated hard on for the last three cycles. So now that those some of those guys are older, they're going to be better. You know, you're, you're going to have guys that can hold up and, you know, and a lot of it in the last couple of years has been putting young guys in front of monster defensive lines, like what Clemson had two years ago, or, or those guys at Miami last year. And I think once you've seen it, you can deal with it. I, I always think with Florida state, it's funny because I always go back to uh, that 2011 year. That bowl game in 2011 when they played Notre Dame, and Bobby Hart's like 16 years old, and he's playing. Who's he playing? It's Aaron Lynch at, at 16 years old, and, and you're like, how are these guys gonna survive? 
And then you look at them two years later and they're like, oh my God, this is the best offensive line in college football. Well, sometimes you have to go through that to get to that. Now, I'm not, not predicting that you're going to have the 2013 offensive line reborn here, but what they went through in 2018, 2019 can help create a pretty competent offensive line when you've seen all the things that the aren't supposed to do. Okay, without a doubt. Um, and my second question is the defense. When you think Florida State football, you go back to the 90s and, of course, that 2013 team, the dominant defenses that put fear in their opponent's heart, they create turnovers, they play fast, they play physical, they dominate, and they score points. Do you think – I'm a big I'm a big Nor- Norvell guy. Um, yeah. He's he's grown on me. Um, in his first press conference, he impressed me. Do you think he can build our university back to where it's known to be at? Well, I think the the two questions you asked for, dude, the, with the O line and the defense, I think that that would make it. Those two things go a long way, and I think mm. from a talent standpoint, Florida State's got what it needs on defense. I mean, Marvin Wilson is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the country. And, and I say interior defensive lineman, but he's played really from nose out to five technique and, and been capable at every single spot, which I think is huge for, for them because it makes them more versatile. Now, you still need to get guys like, like maybe Josh Kando or you know, some of those guys to kind of match their recruiting potential in terms of uh, rushing the passer because I think that, that'll help the secondary. That makes everything easier down the line. But I, I like this defense. I like, I like the players they got. I feel like at every level there's somebody who is smart and capable of leading the other guys. You know, uh, Jaden Lars would be strikes me as the kind of guy that you want in every secondary who makes sure everybody's where they need to be and is doing all the things – you need to communicate with the with the second level about what they should be doing. And then, again, the, the Marvin factor I don't think can be underrated because when you have a guy who can wreck things from the inside, from, the clo- you know, from being as close to the ball as he's going to be, I think that opens everything else up. Andy, looking at college football from a national perspective, again, let's knock on wood and say that everything ends up happening like all these conferences want it to. Um, do we get a college football playoff or what do they do with that? Do they just kind of judge everybody based on their own or do they take every conference champion and leave the Pac-12 out again? You <laughs> I know, don't know. Do I, do? That's, that's the part <laughs> I wonder about too because are they just going to go with the conference reputations that were established over the last three, four years? Because what, I mean, that's not fair. It's supposed to be what happens this season. So I would say if you're going to play all these conference-only schedules, you should expand the playoff. You should let every Power 5 champion in, let the highest-ranked group of five champion in, and then have two wild cards. That way, at least you get a chance to to kind of settle it on the field, maybe. But I I don't think it's fair to any conference if they wind up getting left out because of something that happened last year, the year before. That's not what the playoff people said was supposed to happen. So, And now... My question would be is if they do that, will public demand be so great that they're just like, okay, we, we can't go back? And I, I'm personally of the opinion that if they go to eight, they probably can't go back. They probably wind up in a situation where you, 
everybody's going to like it too much. And yeah. I'm okay with that too. I, I just, cause I, I like the idea of the quarterfinals being on campus. You get I mean, a playoff game in Columbus or Tuscaloosa or state college. That would be cool. I mean, I'd much rather watch that than, than a playoff game in some antiseptic NFL stadium. So I, I kind of hope that's what happens because honestly, if they go through this season and everybody plays conference only and they just do a 14 playoff, it's going to be a work. I mean, if I'm the league that gets left out of that, I'm furious. Yeah, for sure. All right. So let me ask you this. How, how good of it? I mean, we'll go to the other side of the, uh, rivalry here i know you graduated from here how good are the gators going to be this year how good can they be this year i think they can be really good i think mullen's done a good job of you know they'll they lose it seems like they lose a lot i mean think about think about the receivers they lost so they had i believe they had four receivers that caught i want to say 20 or more passes that left after last season so that's like van jefferson and you know the the hammond and just they had a, a group of older guys that were very reliable. But they've got a trio in Pitts and Trevon Grimes and in uh, – I'm blanking on it. It's from, he's from the Panhandle. He put on like 17 pounds of muscle this offseason. I'm blanking on Jacob Copeland. Uh, I think they combined for 108 catches last year. So, I mean, they've been really good at having people ready to step into roles. And then the same way on defense, you know, it, you lose a lot of the, the guys that, that really were, were important. Jonathan Grenard did a great job in his one year after transfer from Louisville. But it feels like they have guys who have played enough and in those roles enough that they can step in. I mean, last year there were, there were some injuries at corner. C.J. Henderson went down for a little bit. And then that was the chance to play Kyer Elam. And Kyer Elam now might be one of the best corners in the country. I mean, he and Derek Stingley may be fighting it out to be the top corner off the board in 2023. So, or 2022, I, they, they both got two more years. I know that, but so I, I think they've done a good job with that. The problem is, is their talent level good enough to beat Georgia, to consistently beat LSU, to compete with Alabama if they wind up facing them in an SEC championship game situation? That's that's the question they have to answer, and I feel like, you know, I remember at the Georgia game last year, I was thinking, this is a close game, this is a, a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, why does it not feel that close? Why does it feel like Georgia's farther ahead than they are? And I think that's, you could just kind of see that talent gap a little bit. Now, does having competent quarterback play close it? I think so. I think, I think Kyle Trask has wound up being one of the bigger recruiting finds of the last 10 years or so, because anyway, this is a guy who was a high school backup. He was, he was Derek King's backup at, at Manville high in Texas. And uh, Doug Nussmeyer, who was the OC at Florida at the time, just falls in love with him at a camp and he's turned out to be outstanding, but you know, can that bridge the gap? I don't know. And honestly, you know, with Georgia, they got most of that defense back. He, you guys have seen Jamie Newman. Jamie Newman played in Florida State's division. Jamie Newman's good. Like, Georgia's offense is going to be good with Jamie Newman. So it's going to be hard for Florida to overcome that. And and you guys know, because Florida State's in a similar boat, the fans are okay with, with winning and being competitive, and they're good with that. But at a certain point, they want you competing for national titles. 
I think yeah. Jim McElwain didn't quite understand that. Dan Mullen definitely understands it because he lived it when he was the OC under Urban Meyer. So he knows he knows how everybody feels about that stuff. He knows they have to eventually take that next step. The question is, can you? Because I think Kirby Smart is doing a really good job. You've got LSU on the schedule every year. If Florida State does get better, that suddenly becomes a much, much tougher proposition. And I think Tennessee's getting better right now. I think Kentucky has been good. So this is this is the, the issue for Dan on his and I think he said it really well after the Orange Bowl. You know, they, they went from ten wins to eleven last year. They went from four wins to ten the year before. He said going from ten to eleven was harder than going from four to ten. And going from eleven to more than eleven is even harder than that. So that's the the biggest challenge in college football is ascending to that national championship caliber level. And they're going to have to prove it on the field. I, I don't, I can't say they're there until I see them winning, win the game in Jacksonville, you know, beat LSU. You're going to have to do that. And then we'll, we'll believe. Um, the, the ACC posted their conference schedules for the year. And I was looking at it, and I didn't see the UF game on it for the plus the plus one. So that kind of, you know, as a guy that played there and knowing how big that robbery is to the players, how do you feel about that? Do you think we get to see those robbery games somehow? Or no, they're, completely- they're not, not going to happen. The SEC didn't want to play, and the SEC wanted a, an open date the week of December 12th. And it sucks. It means there's no Florida-Florida State. No Clemson, South Carolina, no Georgia, Georgia Tech, no Kentucky, Louisville. The ACC tried to make it happen. They, they left that, that door open for one non-conference game, which was for those four games. And I think, I think also so that Notre Dame could try to schedule Navy because that's a, a big deal too. But you know, I, I just don't know. I, it stinks that it worked out this way, but I, I don't necessarily blame the SEC for their reasoning on that. They wanted a, a week that they had open where if they had something canceled, they could move it there. And they were dead set on starting much later than everybody else. They did not want to start September 12th like the ACC was. So, you know, I, I get the reasoning behind it. I don't like that they're not playing. And, you know, they'll – I'm hoping it quickly back to normal and they can play again because that game needs to be played every year. Yeah, so- it's – I'm, so uh, ahead, your yeah. thoughts on that real <laughs> so your your thoughts on this so say they do return the, the rivalry game next year what do you think florida state's athletic directors and president should do as far as do we go to gainesville or do we ask you guys to come to tallahassee and and just rework the contract that way or is florida state just kind of screwed out of that home game well I, I there is a reason to want that home game in tallahassee other than you just want to have a home game remember the ACC could have put that game on the ACC network. And anytime you're fighting for, for carriage on cable systems and satellite systems, you want to have the best product you can. So that was something that they were very hopeful for with three of those games were at the ACC stadium this year. So I I think they're going to, they're going to ask, Hey, can you, can we flip the rotation now? Granted it's hard because you schedule out in advance when you know you have that that non-conference game on the road, you do it and you load up on the the home schedule that year. So I think 
it might require some tweaking on on other ends as well. But I hope they can find a way to do that because the ACC teams did lose out in that situation. They should get the chance to play the home game they had. Now we've seen this like Florida and LSU did it a, a couple years ago where there was a hurricane game and then Florida had to go there in November and then LSU uh, had to come to, to Gainesville two times in a row. So it's, it's doable. You can make it work. They'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. If, if they, you know, for 2021 went to Florida, but then gave Florida state like the next two or something like that. Like if you just kind of, yeah. you know, flipped one at one point, you could do it, but it would be tough to, to you, now just say just all of a get, sudden. Yeah, you just got to be able to get back on track at some point where the home games match up. Are they the, even year? The yeah, going on the road. Yeah, yeah, because that would that would certainly be. You would need that to to be correct because it would it would impact all of Florida's other rivalries, right? The year they yeah. got well, and it, LSU, it would, in, it would impact Florida and Florida State's budget every year too because of the number of home games. So that that For part, sure. but. If you do it enough in advance, then you can tweak the schedule down the road and everybody gets back on track. Or I assume, well, yeah, and I was just kind of thinking maybe they just play it neutral at some point next year, but Florida's not going to want to give it up next year either. Lake City, <laughs> you know, or, parking lot. Yeah, let's I, go. That, I saw that uh, on Twitter. Let's do it. The Lake, Lake City, Walmart. I don't know. Well, do we do Lake City or Live Oak? What do you think? I mean, they're like, like the same I think Live Oak thing. is more equidistant. <laughs> They're like the same little nothing town. Sorry for anybody that's watching. Um, I mean, the, the uh, busy B on I-10 is probably big enough to hold a game there. So. I, I was about to say the busy B. You could actually have it inside the busy B. You know, I, I, will, I will happily sit on the Dunkin' Donuts counter instead of the press box. That'll be perfect. Um, I think that's all the football I've got. We're going to get into some food stuff. You guys have anything else on football? <laughs> No, I know Freddie's been waiting for this one here, so yeah. let's toss the mic to Freddie real quick. Freddie, you're on, you're on mute. Oh, yeah, you we, we were um earlier we were talking about how I'm on this whole clean eating thing. I'm down 23 pounds, gained a little nice. weight, eating cheeseburgers and wings and stuff. But, you know, when you eat clean, you think about all the bad stuff you're going to eat when you get your first cheat meal. So this is, this is yep. my favorite part of the show. I love my nose, don't get me wrong, but this is my favorite part of the show yep. right now. Well, so I want so back to you. <laughs> um, when you come into Tallahassee, what are your favorite spots? Like, where where do you have to stop at? Birds Aphrodisiac Oyster Shack, and not necessarily for the oysters. Yes, the burgers. they're burgers. Yes, those, those double burgers. They're huge. Yes. Now, here's the thing, Freddie. I'm I'm on the same path you're on. So I've lost forty pounds in the last five months, and I've been trying not to to have these meals that, that I end up writing about, but uh, it's, it's hard. I dream about all this stuff. So I have a picture of a bird's burger on my phone. It's just the cheese is melting down so perfectly. And Oh my God, it's so good. Uh, and then uh, newer, newer edition. I like Madison social. I think they do, a, they do a good job. Um, I, I like that. That whole area over there is, is kind of spruce things up. I'm still waiting for some some really good barbecue in Tallahassee. You know, it's it's sort of like Gainesville where it's, you know, I like Four Rivers and, and love the original Four Rivers in Winter Park. And I think they've done a good job maintaining quality control as they've, they've gone throughout the state. But the problem for Gainesville and Tallahassee is if Four Rivers can come in and instantly be the best barbecue place in town, it means your barbecue wasn't that good to start with. 
Yeah, without um doubt, I I was telling the guys whenever I come into Tallahassee, I got a top five. Right. Five places, five places I got to eat at. And on, I, got, I, I got to take notes. Number one, you guys know it. If you want wings, you got to stop at Hobbit. You got to stop at Hobbit. That's the best wing place in town. There's a few other places that try to contest it, but Hobbit, you can't beat it. Number two for me, it's a chain Bojangles, the Bowberry Biscuit. <laughs> you got to have them. Number three, it's a um, Jamaican spot. I'm big on oxtails, and so it's a place called G&G. I try. I okay, where, where, is it, where is that place? Because I, I, I like oxtails. I like jerk chicken. I like plantains. I like rice and peas. I, I want any Jamaican I can get. It's literally right across the road from Hobbit on Tennessee. All right. And I, I live right down the road from there when I was in college, so I was there a lot. They, they probably remember my name and everything. <laughs> Number four, of course, you got double. We're double fries, no slaw. Got mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta go to Guthrie's. Absolutely. Gotta, get, gotta go to Guthrie's. Double fries, hold the coleslaw, make the fries extra crispy. And number five, if you want some sushi, some Japanese, some some hibachi, Osaka. That's my five. All right. I so I, yeah, I gotta, I, I have got to try the Jamaican place because that I, I I'll take Jamaican any way I can get it. Um, Gainesville has a couple decent Jamaican spots in Reggae Shack and uh, Caribbean Spice, but you know it's that's one of those that it, it does not matter where I am if if I can find Jamaican, I'll take it. Um, I gotta try these wings too. I have not been to Hobbit, so. Freddie, Freddie, do you get Garnet and Gold wings there? Is that what you get, or what flavor do you get? Not a Garnet and Gold. Um, I don't, I get those every now and then if I'm in the mood for them, but I usually go with honey mustard and Fiesta Ranch. Yeah. Fiesta Ranch or dope. The, the other place I always wind up in Tallahassee when I'm if I'm just need to stop in somewhere quick and grab on my way out of town is uh is One Fresh. I get I I love One Fresh. I don't I, I used to go to the one that they had um by the mall, but then that one closed. So now I, I go to the one on Monroe. I think that's the only one left. But that place you can you can load up. I like with the little markers and you just, I, I usually write too much on my little board, but. They still give me the whole all the food. Are you a Whataburger guy? Kelly, we didn't mention this in Tallahassee. You know, it, it's it's interesting because I, I do go to Texas a lot for work, so uh, oh. they worship Whataburger there, and so I I like Whataburger. I, I love I love that you can get pretty much whatever you need there at three a.m. It seems like every time I wanted to go to the one in Tallahassee, it's been packed, and I haven't been able to get in. Which is which is weird because they opened a couple in Gainesville, and they went out of business quickly. Which surprises me because it's better than than most of the chains we have down here. So I'm a big relish fan in Gainesville. So we're flipping over there. Like I think relish yeah, does that, a really good. That place burger. is good. Yep. Yeah, Gainesville's a decent burger town. It's it's a better. It's a really good pizza town. You got Satchels. You got Blue Highway. You got you know, Leonardo's. There's a bunch of good places for pizza, but it 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 pretty much sticks to the the college favorites. You know, yeah. although I, Dragonfly sushi, that that one is good. It, I, Dragonfly is as good as any sushi I've had in you know New York or Miami or, or L.A. I also like the dives in Gainesville. Like I like getting wings and beer at nine thirty in the morning at Mother's. So you know, I'm <laughs> sure you know about that deal. So 
I have some friends who spent a Thanksgiving at Mother's once, and uh, and and oh, I have never seen somebody throw up at seven thirty at night from what they had <laughs> the night before, but one person did after a night at Mother's, and it was not me. Thank goodness. So so Andy, let's go. Uh, let's go national here. Um, say you're on assignment for a big game. What's the one college town that you get the email like? Okay, I'm I'm going here that you get excited about because you know there's two or three just money spots that you know are going to have the best food of, of any college town out there. I think Athens, Georgia is the best college town in America. I just think there's so much there and so much in walking distance of the campus that there's so many good places to eat. There's a there's a breakfast spot called Mama's Boy that has cinnamon rolls that are as big as a football. Uh, oh. and all this, all this. So they have a, a biscuit sandwich called the Pig's Knuckle that has just ham and eggs and bacon. It just it is it's massive it's also very football shaped and sized just like everything else there uh but and then they've got a really good jamaican place i do love my jamaican uh kelly's jamaican and uh then they've got some fine finer dining type places like five and ten uh hugh atchison is the name of the chef and uh, does a really really good job and then a really good barbecue place called pulaski heights and it's one of those where you're not going to hit all the spots probably on one trip, but you can go to, to two or three of them. And then there's a lot more waiting for you. And then if you want to, you know, go out and have a good time, there's a couple hotels right downtown. You can stay and just walk and you just go bar hopping and be right back in your bed, you know, walked, nobody had to drive. Everything was, everything was fun. Yeah. So, so the ACC is kind of unique because, you know, we're in a lot of major cities, Miami, Boston, um, Atlanta. Yeah. So as far as the smaller places go, maybe like a Chapel Hill or, you know, we touched on Tallahassee, but maybe Winston-Salem, uh, um, Clemson's got some really good spots I've been to. What what place in the ACC do you really like? I guess focusing on the, the triangle area up there. Yeah. On the little ones, like Chapel Hill is a great college town. That's you got Franklin Street. Franklin Street, yep. Uh, yeah, and you got you got the little drugstore that's got all the basketball memorabilia in it, where you get the really greasy burgers, and then top of the hill is kind of this where everybody goes to see and be seen. And uh, there's the what's the biscuit place? There's a 24 hour biscuit place there that, that's really good. And they're is that just, time out. Time out. Yep. So yeah, and I've been there just, before. They and there used to be a place there called Pepper's Pizza that was really awesome that, that didn't make it unfortunately. It's those those of you who live in college towns know that sometimes the best restaurants don't always make it. But uh, yeah, it, Chapel Hill is one of those you know great college towns. But the the thing about Chapel Hill is you're not far from from Raleigh, which is basically a a big city, especially for those of us who live in places like Gainesville and Tallahassee. Uh, so you have all the amenities of the big city within 15, 20 minutes of the little college town. Um, go ahead, Freddie, you got more? Yeah, so I heard you um, say something about Athens, of course. Um, you're gonna have to repeat that for me so I can um, write yes, those yes. down. And uh, But also, one thing I have to challenge, you said you won't be able to get to all of those, you know you won't. And um, me personally, maybe it's why I had to lose 23 pounds. I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a way to get um, to each and every one of them. If I have to have them all sitting next to each other and take a sample from each plate. Um, so, yeah, I was kind of curious about that because me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find a way. Um, See, you're, you're a better man than me, Freddie. This is, this is the problem I have. And, and so I know this guy named Daniel Vaughn, and his job is he's the barbecue editor for Texas Monthly Magazine. 
his job is essentially to eat barbecue all day, every day. And he'll, he has to eat at every barbecue place in Texas and decide who belongs in the top 50. And sometimes he'll go to like six places a day. And I'm like, dude, what, how do you eat at six barbecue places in a day? He's like, well, you just take a bite or two of everything and just go. I'm like, oh, I can't do that. If it's on the plate, I'm going to eat it. Like, I, I couldn't get past like two places because I got to eat everything they put in front of me. Like, I can't, I can't even fathom throwing away ribs or brisket or a beef rib or something. No, it don't work that way. I got to eat it all. <laughs> and that, that's my problem is, so when I go to a place, I'm going to do it up so big that I can't go to, to another one for a few hours. You know, I'll, I'm going to need to run it off. I'm going to have to hit the treadmill for a while before I can go to another place. And you said you lost a bunch of weight, man. What have you been doing? So intermittent fasting. I eat from uh, from about 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. every night. It's a, or every day. It's a eight hour window, and you can kind of move that depending on how how life is treating you. But just doing that and working out. I was already working out a lot, so I think it's pretty much you know we've learned from this. It's the food. It's not you sure. can exercise all you want, but you you ain't exercising off a bad diet and. My diet sucked. <laughs> so uh, I was, I'm one of those people I, I, need, I need some hard and fast rules to follow, but I'm, I'm not going to do well with the all protein or no carbs or whatever. I, I need to be able to, to try everything, but I do need some hard and fast rules. And for me, the wait till 11 and don't eat anything after 7, those rules I can follow. I feel like those are, those are manageable. I really thought I would miss breakfast more, but I don't. Um, I usually work out in the morning and then start working right after I get done working out. And if you do that, 11 comes before you know, and then you're, you're good to go. So it, it's been nice. I, I mean, you think about what a 40-pound dumbbell feels like in your hand, and you imagine carrying that around on your body. It's, it's not good. So I'm, no. I'm glad. I, I, I definitely feel a lot better. And so – I still want to eat at all these really good places when we when I get back on the road, but it's going to have to be in that window, and I still got to work out. Yeah, it's moderation for sure. I'm my daughter. You, I mean, you look good. You used to be a lot thicker, but um, you went from offensive <laughs> line to it's okay. You said tight end. Yeah, I used to be a fat guy. I actually, I actually um, look like I I actually look like I did when I was a walk on offensive lineman, which is why I was a terrible yeah. walk on offensive lineman because <laughs> I weighed this much. <laughs> Yeah. So I've, I've, Freddie and I are kind of on the same boat, man. When my daughter was born in August of 2018, I was little, I was overweight then, but then like everybody's bringing you all the food and you don't want to cook cause you're not sleeping and oh, so yeah. we're, like, ordering everything. It was terrible. So like since she was born in August, of 2018 and it was football season. Um, and it was a Taggart era. So it was even worse. Like the alcohol piled up too. Stress so, eating, stress drinking. Yeah. yeah. God. Um, so Jan since January 2019, so about uh, whatever that is, 7 and 12, 19 months, I'm down about 60. Uh, Freddie's down what? 20. Yeah, down 60 pounds. I'll send you a picture, a side-by-side. -side. It's pretty It's pretty embarrassing. But yeah, also no, embarrassing. I, I've, got, I've got the before and after shirt oh, off yeah. pictures, but I, I, I'm not skinny I kept my shirt enough. on. I'm not skinny <laughs> enough to tweet them out yet. I, I, yeah, I'm I not tweeting anything out unless I got a six-pack. <laughs> Yeah, if I can get a six-pack, then I'll tweet it out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I kept the shirt on in both. Freddie's Freddie's uh, living more dangerous than me. I saw his shirt off pick the other day, but I also wasn't a D one athlete, so I don't <laughs> I don't have that going for me. But I, I got um, I got a lot I got a lot, a lot more dieting and working out to go before I'm I'm brave enough. So. Um, well, you look good, man. I, I appreciate you hanging out today, man. I, hopefully we can uh, get past this pandemic and we can all grab some Jamaican food or some double fries or something. Or Hell, double fries out, are good but, for me. That's what you got. You yeah. guys have the OG chicken finger place up there in Guthrie's. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's we got Zaxby's down here. You know, we don't even have a Canes. So where are you at? Are you in Orlando? I'm in Gainesville. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you so, were somewhere else. Yeah, the, the chicken tenner is there. You just need to make the drive to Tampa or Tallahassee at that point. Yeah, no, the, the, <laughs> the, gut, the gut box is – because when I was in college at UF is when they had the, Guthrie, the Guthrie's in Gainesville. Uh, they, I think they opened it my junior year. And there were many, many gut boxes consumed. Because I had, I had had them in Tallahassee, of course, and I was like, oh, I can, I can get this now. I'm out from my house? Oh, yeah. So, Andy, I got one last Tallahassee place for you. It's no longer open, but when I was there from 2006 to 2010, they had one of the best lunch specials. It was called Hip Hop Fish and Chicken. You ever eat there? No, no. I wish yes. I had. That sounds yeah, great. so I, I believe it was DJ Khaled's nephew who owned the place. But, yeah, it was Hip Hop Fish and Chicken. And it was like a $5, five tender fries, take out, take it home after class. Man, it, it was phenomenal. So I just wanted to that, see if you've been to that That's the way to go. Oh yeah. No, I wish I, I wish I had that. That's the way to go. Is that place that you can spend like five bucks and get completely full? One of the places I mentioned in Gainesville, Caribbean Spice, it's in a different location now, and obviously the menus have changed in the twenty years since I graduated from college. But back in the day, for two ninety nine, you got a beef patty, a piece of cocoa bread, and a can of soda. It was the best deal going. It was yeah. unbelievable. I uh, I don't do it anymore, but I am all here for like the cheap meal, make you feel sick afterwards, but you get so much food. Like, I, you know, that used to be my absolute go-to. I mean, it's back when I was eating like Golden Growl and Chinese buffets and stuff like that. Like, I just can't do it anymore, but I love that stuff. <laughs> pour, pour, out, pour out a little for all those places because they're probably not coming back. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're not surviving this pandemic, but. Um, <laughs> but but and, yeah. I will definitely do some double fries. Now I'm all for it. Yeah. The next, I mean, as soon as we're allowed to get out of the house, we'll go do it. So um, thanks for hanging out today, man. I appreciate you shouting us out. Shoot me a text with your address. I'll send you a shirt. I'm going to send you a size smaller to awesome. motivate you to keep Thank going. <laughs> yeah. Give me, give me a medium. <laughs> yeah. I'll just show those guns off a little bit, but man, thanks for hanging out, bro. <laughs> all right. See you guys. See you, bud. Andy Staples, that was fun. National um, National College Football guy again with the Athletic, formerly Sports Illustrated, and um, I thought he had good. I enjoyed the football talk, but the food talk just flows a little more naturally. But you know that's the problem is that Freddie's like a, a football expert, but I'm I'm certainly a food expert. So like that's why I like kind of getting in that bag and chat with him. So um, good stuff there, man. I'm both. Say what? <laughs> that's a problem yeah i'm a little bit too much of a food expert over here that's why i uh, get yeah, a I, bunch of it 
I'm, I'm a big fan of Andy. I, I love his insight nationally. Um, I know people, Florida State fans, just because they know he's a Gator, they automatically assume he writes one negative thing. Oh, he's there's he's after us again. But I think he was very fair today, and it seems like he's super high in Mike Norvell. Um, so hopefully these games get played, and you know we talked on recruiting. Get, he has a product to sell, and, and we can see where he goes. But you know, shout out to Andy. That was that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Sorry. You're good. Um, yeah, I, he was down earth. Um, like you said, when I found out he's a UF guy, I didn't really know what to expect. But yeah, he was fair, um, honest, and he's big on Norville. I I agree with him. Of course, we have to wait and see, but I feel like he's going to be the guy that really takes us to that next level. We need some of the things that he brings to the table, and I think you'll see a more disciplined team out there on the field. And that was one of our issues over the past few years. Yeah, no. So I appreciate um, appreciate Andy coming on. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna certainly do um, a little bit deeper dive. I think on our next few shows um, into this twenty twenty Florida State team um, is certainly the plan. But uh, we wanted to get Demarcus on and Andy Staples on this week. We've got a fun show planned for you next week. We'll see if we kind of do anything in the middle of those. But uh, you know, I didn't want to spend all of of week one just kind of deep diving into the roster and the, the team and the schedule want to kind of find more out and stuff like that before we dive into that. But now um, this has been a fun, a fun first episode, man. We're, we're at about an hour and a half here live tonight. Um, did about a 30 minute interview with DeMarcus that we'll post tomorrow. And, and I know you guys will enjoy, but uh, I've, I've really enjoyed this. I do want to ask both of you guys this, cause I want to ask it, just in case it gets scheduled before next week. I was going to ask Andy this, but I completely forgot. So, you know, I'll ask both of you. It doesn't sound like we're playing Florida. Um, who would you guys like for that extra game to be against, uh, non-ACC team, and who do you think it'll be against, right? So if you could pick any one team, obviously can't pick Florida or an SEC team, can't pick Alabama or LSU or anybody like that. And if you want to play them this year, you're crazy. Um, so who do you want to play and who do you think it'll end up being? So Richie. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure who I really want to play. I know a, a popular one that's been thrown around is FAU and, you know, I could get on board with that, but I just, I think it's too soon for that game to happen. I, so uh, I'm not sure. I think it's gotta be a, probably a group of five school, um, uh, I doubt you can go any lower as far as divisions go, because then you got to probably pay for their testing the week of the game just to make it happen. Um, I haven't heard anything on this, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they try and make that West Virginia game happen. They would have to come to Tallahassee and maybe give them like a future IOU um, down the line. But it, it's, that's a really good question because I have no idea. I really thought the Florida game still had a chance until talking to Andy today. It sounds like that's definitely out. Um, so yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, uh, Give us FIU so we can beat a team from Miami, maybe, but who knows? Freddie, anybody you want to play? Um, I see I seen somebody in the comments ask about FAU earlier. Me personally, I don't want to play FAU. I want I want that Boise State smoke. They got took off our schedule. They they left a bad taste in my mouth last year. I want that Boise State smoke. That's who I want. But um West Virginia sounds good too, but Boise State, that's the one that took me on a roller coaster ride last year so I, I won't I won't I won't know I think the the biggest problem there is they they would have to agree to come back here again um because with the ACC that your out of conference game has to be played in your home state 
which doesn't make a lot of sense. They're going to send us up to South Bend, Illinois, but we can't, you know, go over to, you know, South Carolina somewhere for a game. Um, but yeah, I would, I would like a rematch with Boise. That's a game I was, I had circled because I thought, you know, if the defense looks better, that's a game they should have won. Uh, man, I'm with you. What, what about you, TJ? What are you thinking? Man, you guys are t- giving good answers. I didn't really have anything off my head, but I really like the Boise State rematch. Um, I, mean, I love the West Virginia one, um, but I rather I love the West Virginia game if it was early in the year. I don't really know that I want to play them late in the year. I mean, I know we're Florida State. We anybody, anytime, anywhere. Well, I mean, we're in a rebuild, so let's just face it, it is what it is. I really like them early in the year. They don't have a defensive coordinator. They weren't very good last year. Uh, I really thought that would have been a big, big win for our program, um, big for confidence, big for um, just the, the outlook of the Mike Norvell era, right? The ACC schedule, I know Andy said it's manageable. Every game is winnable, but every game is also losable, right? Like we're not like heading – we're not – this isn't Florida State of 2013 or 14 or 15. So, anyway, I thought the West Virginia would have been a really, really good game to set us off on the right path because I think it would have been a fairly easy win, but – you know, it looked like a better win than it really was. So West Virginia would be good. Boise would be good. I mean, FAU would be fun, but that's a high-risk, high-reward, man. If you if you beat them, you feel really good. Man, Tiger couldn't even get guys to line up the right way. If he beats us, man, we're, we're all going to go dig our head. We'll probably cancel this podcast like they canceled the rollcast. So I, I, that's too much risk-reward for me. Um you know, FIU, USF would be fine. Any of those schools, you know, here in the in the state are okay. I don't really want UCF because, again, I think they're probably just a little more composed and competent than us, and I'd worry about them beating us, and, and I don't really need that smoke. So I just want to win. Whoever it is, just give us a win. You know, if Boise State will play us in, in Tallahassee. I mean, yeah, that'd still be a good game for their – you know, you talked about um, – Richie, the fact that we'd have to convince them to come back here, I think the one positive is that they ain't going to have fans in their stadium anyway. They've got a closed-door stadium. There's no way. So they would have to pay. Maybe we pay their travel. Maybe we work something out with them on that perspective. But, I mean, it's not like they're losing the revenue from the game. Um, not being in, in Boise, um, Idaho. So, yeah, getting them to come here shouldn't be that big of a deal, um, I would hope. So we'll, we'll see. I think they'd be a good one to have back. So I don't know. I just kind of had that thought before we before we go. Um, I mean, we did a couple of giveaways this week. Um, we did a giveaway when we hit 250 Twitter followers. Um, gave away a T-shirt um, up in the top right-hand corner of the screen. You see our logo, Double Fries, No Slaw. We gave away a T-shirt. Uh, Drew Howell won that. Uh, that's in process. It's in the mail, Drew, if you're watching or listening. Uh, and then we said we'd do another giveaway for two signed copies of Freddie's book. Um, Freddie's going to sign that, sign those, and send those out to uh, Jake Del Moro. Del Moro underscore Jake is one of our winners there. Uh, the second one is ironically tweeted about how he's going to win this all week. He spoke it into existence, although he was wrong about winning the first giveaway. Um, Ed Kennedy. Ed Kennedy's a longtime fan of the Big Three Roll-Up, pretty much everything we do on this network. And he's shared out and tweeted and posted about this too. So you spoke it into existence, Ed. So Jake and Ed, send me your addresses either to my DM or to the pod DMs, and we'll get you guys those signed copies of Freddie's book. Um, 
I think we're good. I think we can wrap this up. I really appreciate you guys for taking some time tonight. I mean, I know that we've been on here for about an hour and a half. Thanks for the 25 people that are still watching, but we had hundreds tune in to watch us live and uh, hopefully thousands will tune in tomorrow morning and listen to it. But, uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, TJ underscore Pinger. Follow our accounts. Um, I don't really care if you follow me or not, but follow Double Fries Pod on Twitter. Um, Facebook.com slash Double Fries No Slaw. Uh, we have a YouTube page coming. It'll be YouTube.com slash Double Fries No Slaw. Um, and that's all I can think of right now. But follow us there. Uh, tweet at us, get at us, let us know who you want to get on. We've got a fun show for next week lined up. I don't want to talk about it because I know that when you tell people who's going to be coming on, that usually falls through. But we got a really fun show for next week. And uh, man, I'm excited to do this with you guys weekly. I don't care if there's a season or not. I want one. I don't care if there's a season or not because I'm excited to do this with you guys every week. So got some fun stuff lined up for the fans and appreciate you guys for hanging out. Richie, Freddie, shout your shout your Twitter handles out. Shout out where people can follow you, um, interact with you, and then any any kind of parting words that you guys have for tonight. Yeah, I'm on Twitter, just r underscore Barnes 407. Um, pretty simple. Or just go to the pods account again, double fries pod, and you'll be able to find me through there. Um, but yeah, I think it was a fun first show. Uh, you know, we all had to take breaks during work uh, one day earlier to get to Marcus, to Marcus Walker, but it was well worth it for us. Um, so all our shows will not be this long, so we don't want to scare you guys off right from the start. Um, we just had a lot. Of, we had two really good guests that were lined up, and uh, we wanted to jump at it, and uh, we have a lot more coming. Um, I'm excited to keep working with the Freddie and TJ and uh, bring you all some, uh, some great FSU content. Um, yeah, guys, my, my Twitter is strugglemade105. It's all together on one word. And for those guys that won the book, congratulations. Uh, I think later on in the season we'll feature you on the episode. So that'll be exciting to hear you guys' viewpoints. I know you guys will be excited about that. Um, I put a little bit of an extra twist on the package as well. I'll send, I'll send you guys a shirt as well. So. Um, I hope you all enjoy that, but you'll really enjoy the book. And we got a lot of heat dropping for you guys this year. Next week is going to get even better. We got a little surprise for y'all. We're going to have a little fun next week. So y'all make sure to tune in tomorrow, but keep tuning in and make sure to share it with a friend. Awesome, man. Well, again, I can't say I appreciate it enough. I'm, I'm super excited to be doing this pod with both of you guys. Hey, if you're listening, if you're watching um, – Share the page, share the page on Facebook. I know a ton of people uh, kind of consume content this way. Appreciate you guys for tuning in the video. Follow the, the Twitter account um, and retweet us and interact with us there. We all have access to all of it. So it's exciting to, to kind of get and interact with you guys. And um, we will uh, get back together next week and do it again. Like Freddie said, we got a surprise for you. So um, appreciate you guys tuning in. For those listening online, uh, I didn't tell you the one that you had to do this. Uh, Freddie, you 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 take us away with your first one, man. You you're the one that we're just fans over here. But uh, play us out, Freddie. Give me a song that you're listening to when you're working out or whatever right now, and play us out with some. It can be a throwback. It can be something current today. You play us out with a song, man. We'll do this every week. All right, I'm trying to I'm trying to think what what got me through my workout last week when I wanted to give up. Um, I might have to go through the playlist real quick. TJ mm. out here just just throwing out no heads up to Freddie or anything. Just Freddie, give me a song off right the, now. Off the right cuff. now, yeah. Come on. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, I don't know about that one. Y'all gonna have to get me this week. That little, I got some little baby. Let's go. Let's get some that, little baby. We done a lot. You might put a clean version though. That's all right. The um, <laughs> the we paid that got me through. Let's do it. Now we're good. All right, go. All right, guys. Appreciate it, man. I'm gonna cut this thing off. But y'all have a good one. We'll see you next week. Appreciate y'all. This nation straight cut. Before I go broke like Josh. With that dog like V, not that rock, that P. How many down in my sock? Can't hold my Glock. Reason I don't really like that. Gun turn, can't wipe no. Excuse my French, don't like no. Limo ten on fat, my car. Yeah, I had it hurt. So my broke bad, I ain't had it hurt. Yeah, that's us. Two tone AP, I'm bust. Got to hear from her, ain't even wanna watch. Bop, know me. Say thing revive. Oh, tell him bro should have died. No, he ain't Kim Dog, he ain't even trash. Still a bet my last room, dice in the hood. Take who train off, not good. Probably in some fast with a Glock in the hood. Of course, that takes spell and walk on the wood. First turn from the hood, they curious. Four and cry about five and jury. I get the comments with number this period. I got your B on one, put on the mirrors. First young in the A2 land, run a 14 mil, started 14 grams. Dope boy, diggers and diamonds and Tim. You shouldn't play with that boy, he is not one of them. Bro, I kept taking L's, finally got me an M. Still making double, I don't count when I spin. S552018. Gotta come 20 if you hopping in the bins. Y'all turn from the D to the A. I'm rocking with the lane. Yeah, I'm rocking with the braids. Yeah, 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 we pay. Yeah, 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 we pay. I'ma turn up a little more this time. Used to dream about getting out, got it on dry. Had a spot like a varsity. What do you have? You got 20, I front what you buy. I put on drip, I believe I can find it. Throw that on rich, but ain't no not to try. I had a show in Detroit and I started reviving. Spent 50 on all of the guys. All in these th- in these stores make commission. And plus, I'ma tip them, they holding my side. Get in your car and just put on your flashes and follow the hearse. And you say you gon' ride. Cause somebody gon' die if they with us. Turn a five to a dime, that's a double up. Around walking church with my double cut. This that happened, I'm praying, I give it up. Tiger stay with the wood, make them give it up. Know I ran through a meal every week off of weed. Bro, beat the truck, I can get me some street. Got a back in the pickup, I won't even leave. Run it up. Around, get a vet, DT, keep a hot boat with me. I got love for BG. Chasing his papers in 12 or 13, running around in these streets, it was me and Marquise. First turn from the hood, they curious. Four and cry about five and jury. I get the comments with number that's period. I got your B on one, put on the mirrors. First young in the A2 land, run a 14 mil, started 14 grams. Dope boy, diggers and diamonds and Tim. You shouldn't play with that boy, he is not one of them. Bro, I kept taking hills, finally got me an M. Still making double, I don't count when I spin. S552018, gotta come 20 if you hopping in the bins. Young turn from the D to the A, I'm rocking with the Lions. Yeah, I'm rocking with the Braves. Yeah, 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 we pay. Yeah, 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 we pay. First turn from the hood, they curious. Four and cry about five and jury. I get the comments with number this period. I got your B on one, put on the mirrors. First young in the A2 land, run a 14 mil, started 14 grams. Dope boy, diggers and diamonds and Tim. You shouldn't play with that boy, he is not one of them. Bro, I kept taking L's, finally got me an M. Still making double, I don't count when I spin. S552018, gotta come 20 if you hopping in the bins. Young turn from the D to the A, I'm rocking with the Lions. Yeah, I'm rocking with the Braves. Yeah, 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 we pay. Yeah, 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 we pay. Yeah.